Hey, thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Uh, Today, Les and I sat down with uh, our headliner of the week, Ron Feingold and Mark Takamiya. Uh, Both these guys are very funny. Mark is actually our feature act. He's from California. He's been tearing it up. He actually just got back into stand-up about six years ago, and he's been killing it. Ron has been in the business for about 30 years, and he's always been a killer. Um, He's based out of Orlando. Very funny guy. Works a lot of cruise ships, stuff like that. A lot of things to learn from this man. We talked about a lot of different things, such as like owing money, uh, how to sell merch, uh, how to dictate a room and control a crowd, stuff like that. So if you're a new upcoming comic or if you're just a comedy fan, I think you're going to enjoy this one and there's a lot to listen to, a lot to learn. And I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> Bam, we're live. Yeah, okay. All right. Directional. All right, here we are again in the green room. The conversation uh, is at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. It's Les McCurdy. As much as possible, we got a bunch of microphones set up here in the green room. It's not an interview, per se. It is, as much as we can, the natural conversation that we have in here when we're just bullshitting around. So you kind of get an idea of what we talk about, which is not always comedy. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah. And uh, so, uh, 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 Les here, of course, Mike uh, Sullivan, who's our, our producer. Hey. That's him. And then our headliner this week is Ron Feingold. Here's Ron. Hey, good morning, everybody. That's what he sounds like. And it's Matt Wyatt. <laughs> Matt Carter. Matt Carter. Where did I get Wyatt? Fucking crazy. Got a Wyatter face. I have a Wyatt face. You have a Wyatt face. That's nice to meet you, Wyatt. Nice That's to meet you it. as well. I think I was up at the, I'll be Wyatt. Was there a Matt Wyatt up at the World Series of Comedy? Yeah. There was. There was That's where Wyatt. I got it in my head. Okay, because we just came back from that finals ah. up there. That was Ron. Tell me about it. I'm going to tell you about it. It was fun. The contest was fun. All that was fun. The, the uh, I love the – I just – I was telling Pam she didn't go. I said, you know, she was like, I don't know why you're going that thing. I said, well, it's fun. It's good for me to go. And and uh, and I said, you know, you get 100 comics together, 50 comics together. Yeah, come on in, Mark. What's up, guys? Hey, hey Mark. Mark, Mark. Mark. Sitting down here just chatting. This is Mark Takayama. What's going on, everybody? That's him. <laughs> That's him. That's what he sounds like. Uh, so we're talking about the World Series of Comedy. We went up. I went up as a judge, and and Mike was up there as a loser. Uh, the, do you know? Do you <laughs> know about? You know about that because yeah, you were in it. You were in it. You were in it. Yeah. So we went up for the final. So yeah, we go up there, and uh, and I will say that I was telling my wife Pam, she, oh, "Why do you go to those things?" I said, "I went up to just for laughs, and I hadn't been up there in years." Yeah. I said, "You know, getting around for comics, getting around a whole bunch of comics, and just bullshitting comedy." You it's know, it's fun. It's really fun. I, now, for, for Pam, yeah. it's nails on a fucking chalkboard. Yeah. You know, but for us, it's best. So, anyway, so, you know, Joe Lauer, who runs it, he's been trying, he's been kind of, you know, finding places to host these finals. He mm-hmm. did it in Vegas for a while, and that was really fun, right. but it got unaffordable for him. So, he's been finding these little Midwest casinos, right? Yeah. yeah. So this year it was St. Louis, right? So East St. Louis. Yeah, well that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been the running thing. So I, I called uh, David Scott, the the comic oh, yeah. Midnight yeah. Swinger, 
and he lives there. And I was like, uh, hey, Dave, I'm coming up. You want to get there and play golf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, uh, we're, we're, I'm coming up for that World Series. I said, it's in the casino there. He goes, there's three casinos here. I said, oh, it's on the river. He goes, there's two on the river. I said, I think it's called the Casino Queen. He goes, East St. Louis. <laughs> I go, yeah. Well, you have that little thing in your voice. Yeah. He goes, well, you know, they shoot people over there a lot. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to the casino. I get there that night, Wednesday night. Mike's already there. Mike's the greeter, come to find out. He stands in front of the door. I said, I don't even think he had a room. He just stood no. in front of the doors no. the whole time. But he's standing there with some other comics. And I was like, how's your room? He goes, it smells like gasoline, and I think there's a blood stain in the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Perfect. So, it was awesome. Other so, than that, though. And great. a needle so, dispensary in the bathroom. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Needle dispensaries in every bathroom. That's you mean like a, a disposal? Like, yeah. like yes. so you yeah. please don't throw your hair with needles in, in the trash words, can? Your yeah. clientele that yeah. ha has yeah. so many intravenous drug yeah. users, they were getting tired yeah. of fucking with them in the garbage cans. <laughs> yeah. We ain't yeah. talking about diabetes. Yeah. I'm always no. polite when I use my intravenous drugs. I, I, I always put them in the disposal. Do it properly. Yeah. That was like the Absolutely. number one complaint of people saying there's like keep stepping on needles. Yeah, exactly. That's where the right. blood stains were from. You get it. <laughs> I was surprised they did not have a needle supply. <laughs> like, you know, he had the toothbrush and the, and the, you know, and the hair products and, you know, a couple needles. You've been in room 24. Clean, Can I get a fresh needle? <laughs> you know. Colgate heroin. <laughs> Next to the blood pressure machine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. And it was oh, funny. I when I called uh, when I called uh, uh, David Scott after I got there, and I said, "Well, I, I said I got to tell you, I, I hadn't stayed in a hotel like this since I was a touring comic." I said, "But I wouldn't have left. It's clean. My room's clean. Everything <laughs> works. I got a view clean. of the arch over the railroad tracks. It's nice. all right." And uh, I said, "But this is a hotel that their decor is." Uh, based around stains and then <laughs> and he said and he just texted back blood stains yeah and i texted mike you're correct yeah, yeah. And, amazing. Uh, and and here was the other thing you know when you walk into a hotel or or the there was a hotel and then the casino was right next to it i mean just the two, two separate buildings right. so in each one you had a set of uh, four to eight double glass doors a little 10-foot walkway, and then another set of that same amount of glass doors. They felt it necessary not just to put a no-gun sticker on every one of the outside doors, but in the 10-feet walkway on the other doors, let's do it again. Let's double it up. And as if that's not maybe enough, let's go ahead and put a couple of big posters in the middle of the 10-foot walkway saying no guns. I said, when you've, when you've no gun that many times, yeah. I am pretty sure you've done nothing no. to stop the gun activity. Was there any metal detectors? <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, no. Just, no. No. Like, Hopefully these signs are going to work. <laughs> no. If you get shot, don't, don't make me write a letter. Exactly. I'll write a letter. <laughs> Nobody was checking anybody. Oh my God. It's like a disclaimer. But, you might get shot in this hey. casino. That's basically what they're saying. And you look at the security guards that are there, and you go, "Well, we told this ain't them they're gonna yeah. fucking help. I'm, I'm a dead man. <laughs> yeah, they ain't gonna help. They're just going but, on honesty at that point. <laughs> it's an honor system. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say we had no problems. 
No, uh, I staff didn't. was nice. Everybody I, uh, was nice. I twisted my ankle on the way back. That was fun. You actually walked through the ghetto, didn't you, to the train station? No, I, I twisted my ankle so I couldn't do that. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> like, Smart. Smart you move. Did, I had to take right? an Uber. Oh, yeah. On the way to there, I, I took a train, about an hour train. Because you were at the airport trying yeah. to get directions, and everybody was yeah. like. They were like, well, the funniest part, I was like, I'm like, I heard there's a train I could take. I was asking, like, the help desk, and they were like, where? And I was like, uh, to the <laughs> casino queen, and they were like. You don't want to do that. And I was like, well, I can't really afford to do anything else. You alone? Yeah, yeah. Like, alone. They were like, he's yeah. going, I'm getting off at this exit. How do I do that? They went, don't. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> do oh. not do that. I was like, I don't know if <laughs> you want to go there. Do not. Do yeah. you remember a guy named Art Vilaf? He had mm. a uh, comedy club in East St. Louis really? um, that was at the Ramada there. It was called Comedy Etc. Oh, and uh, great club. Yeah. yeah, it was a one. Couldn't club. afford the L. <laughs> <laughs> but did you play it? Oh yeah, it was an awesome. What was club. the hotel they um, It was in a Ramada, and um, oh, and you it, stayed in the Ramada. Uh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't based around stains though. That, no. I, that sounds nice interesting. Room, yeah, no. yeah, but um, no, it was a great club. I was just wondering if you ever played that. No, um, I played there with John Rathbone. Uh, uh-uh. Christine Stedman is from there. I think, oh, you know. nice. I know. Nice. I know they have a they, they have a helium and a funny bone there. Yeah, right the funny yes. bone's funny been bone's there been for a long time. Yeah, Al Canal used to be. Remember Al Canal used to be involved with that one. Yeah, I don't know if he still is. They're good crowds, though. I I will say that they were. You know, I was amazed that in that location he got any fucking body. I mean, really. I mean, you've got two com two a rooms in that town, and you know you're fighting that. Plus, the Cardinals were playing on Saturday, uh, on Friday and Saturday. Right across the river, and I think there was something else. The blues, going. yeah, the, a big blues hockey. festival. Yeah. Oh, oh, the hockey, the hockey right. game was going on. Yeah. So. How many I people mean, would you say they got? I counted about every show. I, I would uh, see. I, I 50, went to forty, maybe. I, fifty to sixty. Fifty to sixty. Fifty to sixty on most every show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. but they were good. They were seated right, and they were they were good. You could. You could do well with them. You could have fun with. They them. wanted to they be didn't there. Pick anybody out, which was, was that great. the size of the crowds that you got, Mark, when you, when you did it? Yeah, oh. fifty or sixty people. That's on average. Okay. I well, was just, you guys remind me. I did a run of shows a couple weeks ago in Arizona, just talking about the rooms you we, we get put up in a lot. And there was a room that had three deadbolts. All were broken. They <laughs> 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 had replaced one, two, and then three. Couldn't bother to take the old one down. No. So I called down. And we'll come put another one. <laughs> no, he didn't, no, he didn't even offer that. He was like, just basically don't don't keep anything in the room. Don't get murdered. <laughs> yeah, don't get murdered. Oh, that's, only, that's why we pay you. To they told me the <laughs> same thing at a, at a hostel in the Filipino jungle. That I was yeah. yeah. Just do that. Yeah. Here's a complimentary machete. And uh, then good luck. Here's a machete, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hide your iPad. Years, <laughs> in all the years touring, you know, you get those. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, it's a, they, they put you in the... They put you in the room, even if it's a decent hotel. You know, you're in the room by the furnace, the boiler. You know, by the boiler or some <laughs> shit. Yeah. You know, they put you in the room that they would never mm-hmm. book. They never yeah. actually put a human being in there. But uh, and I've stayed in hotels where the you go look at the pool and the pool has not been functional for yeah. quite some time. It's a new and color of water. Exactly, exactly. There's some famous ones. Uh, up in Columbus, Georgia, they, they uh, had a – this is a Comedy Zone gig. It was called The Loft, and they would put us in that place. The owners owned the hotel. It was called the Colony Inn. 
and you show <laughs> up there, and uh, you can just tell that the place is rented out by the hour. Yeah. And oh, it's wow. just disgusting. <laughs> and uh, I've never turned around and, and gone home and never stayed in a hotel until I saw this place. Oh, really? It's disgusting. I couldn't stay there. Well, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, that, was, that was something that uh, by the time I started touring – you know, I wasn't. I mean, I was. I was in my late twenties, so I mean, I wasn't a, a real young kid, mm-hmm. and and I'd had a period of my life where I made decent money, so you know, I wasn't used to staying in a fucking Ritz or, or yeah. even a Hyatt, but I was used to staying in a nice Holiday Inn. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I'll, I'll take a decent. Super Eight. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't mind a Super Eight if I walk in there and I'm it's clean. Super I don't mind the shit's old, but everything's clean. Yep. Everything's fucking clean. But uh, there are a few times that I walked into the accommodations and went, yeah. just give me the money, whatever the fuck you paid. I can't believe you're paying anything. <laughs> yeah. Give me whatever you paid, and I'll go find my own accommodations. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, I, and I had a couple of times, and I stuck to my guns on shit like that. I went, life's too fucking short. Mm-hmm. To yeah. be treated like a piece of shit, yeah. and, uh, and I, where I said, I said, either you do it, I'll just go home. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. Yeah, you know, I got, probably, I got enough money to get home. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. probably why you're. I mean, Les puts us up in a. That's a rad spot. It's perfect. Oh yeah. well, it's of amazing. course, of course. It's not even a condo. It's a bungalow. It's a yes. bungalow. Yeah, really. <laughs> and and yeah. I don't know what the difference is, but I love it. Well, you know, and and, and a big part of that too is Pam. Uh, my wife, you know, Pam gets. I mean, Pam will walk in to do this days and this day and go. We were in there, I don't know, a few months ago, and she was walk, She walked in. She goes, "We have got to paint this place. Paint it." <laughs> she goes, "What are the kind of like? What will the comics think?" I go, "They think oh, the nothing. dishes. They think you can actually use the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> they think they can walk around here without." With their yeah. in their bare feet, yeah, they go look a refrigerator. Yes, yeah. they cool. think there's a light that's not a scoop light. <laughs> I mean, how comfortable is that toilet? Have you tried that thing? That thing is like a cushion. Isn't it nice? Oh, you got it's cushion nice. on the seat. There's a cushion yes, toilet. Yeah. Do. I didn't know you were doing that good. Oh, and they oh, clean yeah, it, man. It's, it's crazy. nice. Well, you know, I'm not going to put a comic anywhere I wouldn't stay myself. Yeah. In a million years, and plus, you know, it's just like with anything. You know, I don't get that part of it where where you treat an entertainer. Like a like a third rate citizen, you go. Don't you want a good performance out of it? Now they're going to go and do do well. They're going to do well because that's their pride and that's what they do. But I guarantee you, they're going to do a little better when they're not. You don't want their first five minutes to be all about the condo you have them up in. (laughs) We're like, cool. I was like, I gotta. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I, I would be on the ship still if uh, that were still the case. You know, they put us in a little box with no window yeah. and this bottom of a ship. Oh. It's hard to be happy when you're hibernating in a little right. room yeah, without absolutely. any sunlight. Yeah. You know, if you want your entertainer to be happy, give us some nice food. Give us some nice accommodation. Well, you're a professional yeah. and you're a top level professional at that. Yeah. You Earn know, it. when you're when when you're doing that, you are, and you should be treated Amen. with that moderate piece of respect for God. And you know what? Mentality. It doesn't cost. The amount of extra money it costs is so negligible to the club's bottom line, much less Carnival or any of those cruise ships' bottom lines. Yeah, not even. It is so negligible. Yeah. Uh, and and but they just you know it's just kind of it just blows yeah. me. Away. Some of them do great. I mean I'm only talking the ones that I've worked, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, there's some that really treat the performers right, and you get a great show out of them. You know, yeah, you I mean, do. but I've seen so many 
just soulless comedians after two or three years oh, just walking yeah. around like zombies on these ships. Yeah. Just, you know, uh, pushing out shows and, and they're not happy people. Oh, of course not. It's horrible. Of course oh. not. You know, I, I know one of the, uh, and I, I, I tell this story to young comics all the time. I, I was, I was uh, uh, just started headlining. And uh, I was still living in my dad's basement in Chattanooga, Tennessee, because you're really living out of your car, you know. Uh, so that was just home base. Mm -hmm. And um, and th this was this was a comedy zone gig, but not the guys that have it now. This was years ago. Brad Greenberg. Brad yes. Greenberg yes. and Ken Phillips. Yes, sir. And so uh, 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 it was it was one of those uh, things, and and. Most of their gigs were in the southeast, and so I always told them, you know, I'm based in Chattanooga, and it's mostly one-nighters with some weekends tagged on it. You know how it is. And so I know the nature of one-nighters. They fall out, you know, and I go, I don't, you know, you give me ten dates, and two of them fall. I don't give a fuck. As long as, you t as, long as I'm not going there, you know. Right. I don't care. You know, I get it. And so, uh, um, so I had done, they had a weekend in Charlotte. Real nice room. I just done that weekend. Uh, me and a guy from Detroit. Oh, what was that fucking guy's name? I don't know. Anyway, so uh, we did the Charlotte room. Ken and, and Brad were there. They were there, and we had great time, great shows. Uh, I I had two nights off, and then a one nighter in South Alabama, like down around Montgomery or somewhere like mm -hmm. that. Uh, so I went back to Chattanooga. And the other comic came with me. We stayed at my dad's house, and then we drove down there. And it was a good, it was a good almost ten hours, you know, at least eight hours to get down to oh, this yeah. thing. And we get there, and they go, they go, no man, the, the comedy's not starting up here for a couple of more weeks. Oh. We called them, we told them, we've been over this. So I call up, and I get Ken Phillips on on the line, and Ken's like, oh fuck, we we didn't, we forgot to tell you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> You you told you not only forgot to tell me when I was with you for two days, yeah. but you didn't even call or leave a message or no, you didn't even have your secretary. No, yeah, n yeah. You, see, so I said, you know, I've always said if they fought, but I said, you know, this one, of course, me and him drove all the fuck the way down there. Ugh. I said, so get our hotel room covered, and then and then I won't payment for this. Of course, you pay me for this. I would I came. Right. I'm here. I'm ready to go. So then. Uh, they didn't pay me. About a week goes by, I didn't get paid. I said, whatever. So I called the office, and four or five times, Brad won't get on the phone. And I, and uh, and so the secretary, who was sweet as she could be, she was like, Les, he's not going to pay you that money. <laughs> and I said, she goes, he'll make it up to you. I go, how's that? She goes, by giving you more work. I said, that does not make it up to me. That is a makeup shit. He still owes me, and I've set precedence that he can do this to me again. You know, I said so. I said, here's what we're gonna do. I said, Margaret, you're sweet as you can be. I said, but we're gonna role play. You're Brad. You're Brad right now, and I'm gonna speak to you the way I want to speak, the way I would speak to Brad. And I just went, you know, this is fucking darn darn, <laughs> and like. It last. It didn't last 15 seconds, and she went, "Hold on, Les." Brad got right on the phone, oh, nice. and the first thing he said was, "You little punk, I'll break your fucking arm." 
And I went, do it, motherfucker. Break my fucking leg so I can take all your shit. Instead of just my $150, I'll own your motherfucking empire. And then he go, and he's a big guy. He could do it. And, and he goes, well, let's calm down. I go, well, who's breaking whose arm? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And, uh. It was a crazy test. Like, yeah, oh, it was shit. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, me. we're phone away. We're yeah. not standing eye to eye. Right, I right, could right. get real crazy over the phone. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I like that. Yeah. That was Les's knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> Mine would have been like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good, good. And then, then I can get a lot more than $150 off yeah, your ass. Exactly. And, uh, and you know, and it ended up, same same rap from him. I'll make it up to you, but I'm not going to give you the $150. And I said, I said uh, okay, cool. I'm done. Don't take me off your fucking list. And he don't give a shit. Yeah. Cool. I'm, I mean, I'm just another comic out there, right? Yeah. But I told comics, that was that was probably about eight to ten weeks worth of work. That's great. Right there. But I'm going to tell you this. I told that guy, fuck you. You know, I'm not going to work for you. I never missed a meal. I never missed a meal. Don't need it. I yeah. never needed that work. I didn't, and, and at the time, you would have thought, at that point in my career, I would have thought, anybody logically would go, how the fuck can I give up 10 weeks of my of my work? But I'm going to tell you what, I found other, 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 other work came along, you know. There, yeah. So I've always told comics, when somebody treats you like a piece of shit, don't work for them. I mean, really? Yeah, there's fuck a lot. Em. There's a lot of microphones out there, man. You know? Yes, there yeah. are. Yeah. There, there. You don't need. I mean, you. At some point, you have to take pride in your own self as a professional that you're a pro, and you're not going to be treated like a fucking. You know, some guy they just drug off the street that afternoon to tell some fucking jokes. I'm such a professional right now. I'm not even going to tell any stories. <laughs> <laughs> shut my fucking mouth. I'm still working. I'm still disappointed you don't have fuck you buttons anymore. <laughs> I can't believe you stopped doing that. that. That's still the greatest merchandising thing I've. Oh, you do have them. I will never stop doing. Oh, it's good. Put my kids. Because I thought college. the last time you were here, you didn't have. Oh no, them. no. I'll, I'll always do that. It's going to put my kids through college. Oh. I I'm telling you, it is the greatest. That's dope. <laughs> Nothing sells like <laughs> fuck you, but. They do well. They do well. The funniest yes, part do. is that you gave them out to the staff last time you were here. Yes. <laughs> and we were all like, we're going to get fired. Like, we're gonna, <laughs> no, not here. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to walk up to our customers and be like, fuck you. No, I will, I will do that. I'm going to be selling fuck you buttons into my 80s. They'll oh, be my, yeah. my social security. Absolutely. Get your fuck you button. I was thinking of, of making a, a whole site called just fuck you stuff. And having selling uh, like oh, greeting yeah. cards, you open up the greeting card and it goes "fuck you" like the song, um, you know, just a whole bunch of merch. And it's great. What's all of it geared towards you know "fuck you." What's so smart about it is like everybody's ever told me they're like, "Don't ever tie your merch to a bit. Make your merch something you can sell well, yeah, without I mean, having to totally tell the bit." I don't agree with that at all. No. Uh, tell Larry the Cable Guy that. Tell Jeff Foxworthy that. Yeah. Tell you know, Oh yeah, um, fuck. I mean, it's yeah. all tied <laughs> to a bit. And well, we were talking about this the other day. The yeah. first guy to ever sell merch. Ever was a guy named James Gregory out of Atlanta, Georgia. Nobody sold merch. And it was back in the 80s. And James came to comedy a little older, a little wiser. He was a salesman. He had a career beforehand. And he knew how to market. And he knew how to sell. And so he built his show around catchphrases, mm-hmm. things that would make them remember who he is right. and, and, and that they would quote and that he could sell a T-shirt or something off of brilliant at it as a matter of fact he would even say he called his t-shirts jerseys 
So you want He goes, it ain't a t-shirt. Don't ever say Good it's a t-shirt. It's a jersey. He goes, you can't sell a t-shirt, but this is back then. He goes, you can't sell a t-shirt for twenty five dollars. You sell a jersey for twenty five dollars. <laughs> That's a good it's idea. Jersey. That's dope. You know, but James was the first guy to do that. He he taught he all of us his comics. He told us, man, have something because yeah. you need the extra money, yeah. even if it's an only an extra fifty bucks that week. When you're out there touring, that's nice to have an extra fifty mm-hmm. bucks in your yeah. pocket. It fills up the gas tank, you know, and it helps helps yeah. you build your people and da da da. And I'm telling you right now, Jeff Foxworthy. Oh yeah, that's, that's the totally reason he to <laughs> put his book together. Oh, yeah. He might be a redneck hip. As yeah, cause. I just I would just want, my wife wanted to see his comedy and she's never watched it. And I watched it last night and I realized I know every word. Just from growing up on it. Yeah. Like, oh, Jeff. Oh, I was sure. like, God, I forgot how well I knew this. <laughs> I didn't realize till a few years ago I was watching something, and they were they it was uh, they were talking about who was the quiz was who was the number one selling comic of all time, tickets, merchandise, everything across yeah. the boards. Who and it was Foxworthy. Of yeah. Yeah. Like, like he was above Pryor, above Cosby, yeah. above wow. yes, yeah, right? yes, merchandise album number one yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, it makes yeah. me feel a lot better because my yeah. merch is one hundred percent tied to bits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it made me feel better that you guys were like, "Fuck what that guy had to say." Thank well, you. Yeah, I wouldn't listen to that guy. I mean, uh, your merchandise has to be tied to things that are general that everybody wants to buy. If it's tied to a bit that nobody's seen or understands in public, then it's not going to do well. Yeah. Like, um, I think and Mike Spielberg, bless his heart, he's a funny-ass comic, but he used to sell a shirt called Pizza and Corn. That's all it said on the shirt was Pizza and Corn, yeah. but it's tied around a bit that's like a cafeteria food bit, but you'd have to see the show. It's a hilarious bit. But, but, like, but, but I think like, you have to have some because that's what sells it, yeah. it is something in your show. You know, like you get a lot of comps that go, they they're not salespeople and they're almost embarrassed to sell their yeah. merchandise. So at the end of the show, they'll go, yeah. And if you want to, I got this T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't. You know, yeah. and they don't do yeah. anything with it, and they don't sell as well. Yeah. And whereas if they make a bit out of selling their mm-hmm. shirt, like yeah, it, it's a whole pitch, you, man. It does. And I found here, you know. Don't you find this club the patrons buy? They buy really well yeah, here. Yeah, it's extremely yeah. well. It's a good week. Part of the reason they buy well here is not so much that they want the item. I want to give you money. They want to support the artist. Yeah, yeah. And they really do. That's for awesome. That reason, it's like giving you a tip. And the and median you know. income in this town is about one point five million dollars. Well, it's better that than helps average. a lot too. They got the fucking. They got that supporting <laughs> money. But it is out in California too. I mean, most of your crowds have people that have. Big disposable yeah. incomes oh, yeah. and yeah. Well, they Les, buy shit. Les was telling me last night, and I, I thought about this. Like you're talking about a lot of the headliners you see that connect with the audience after, stick around and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm the feature, and it's like I I don't have that in me. I'm more of an introvert. Like I like to kind of back, sit back. But then I remember one of my favorite comics is Brian Regan. I remember watching him when I started, and he would hang back for a little bit when the show was over. Then he'd go out, and the core people that were true fans that were kind of sticking around. Talk to them for hours. Go Absolutely, man. I yeah. Uh, I watched Jim Florentine this weekend talk to 150 people after a show. Yeah, absolutely. And and also make about thousand bucks all weekend off selling books. Yeah, yeah. you know absolutely. it just I dude. Understand uh, where comics get off being dicks to people after the show. The I show don't either, man. Oh, support yeah. us, and and I I, can't, I have no idea. Um, 
you know, some they like you. They just keep <laughs> having them yeah, like you. Just not comfortable with strangers. Right. I mean, right. some guys hibernate here in the green room and they don't mix yeah. with the customers yeah. afterwards, yeah. and they yeah. pull that star attitude and they get pissed off if they don't have a personal bathroom back here. They have to take a pee amongst the cu- customers. God forbid. Although, although I, I uh, that is a running it's a huge one thing with celebrities. Yeah. Now, yeah, not all, but that. you know that that now like we'll take them out the front door and around. And I do have the unisex bathroom. Which is because uh, I have to because I'm a, a, the size theater that we are. I've got a men's room and you have unisex. And the reason you have to have a unisex bathroom here, uh, regulation is, is that I am big enough that I am a uh, um, what do they call it? A uh, I don't know, it's a meeting area or something. But anyway, you have a unisex bathroom because if you as his father has a five-year-old daughter and you don't want to take her in. To the men's mm. room, and you don't want to let her go to the women's room by herself. Really? So you can have a place that you can take your kid, and it's it's ge- not gender specific. It just has one stall in there. That's how they explained it to me. I love watching all these goes. fathers bring their little girls but into the bathroom. David Brenner was who I love. David. David was always wanting me to put a bathroom in. Every time he would come, he would he would look at the green room and he go, "Now look, Les, right here. Look, come here, come here." See, we just need. I've measured it out. <laughs> he would have the whole thing. Yeah, I was like, it's not realistic. Yeah. And then the one that got me was years ago. Brett Butler, if you remember Brett, of course. Brett was the same way. She goes, "You got to take me to the bathroom. One of your staff needs to go. We need to wait till everybody leaves. One of your staff members needs to stand at the door. Nobody can come in while you use the bathroom." I'm like, "Really, Brett?" She goes, "Less, not once, many, many times." I have had cameras come over the top, oh my God. under the thing, no yes, when I'm using the bathroom. I have had people lift themselves up wow. and look over to talk with me, to ask for an autograph wow. while you're using the fucking bathroom. Wow. He goes, she goes, if people wouldn't do crazy shit like that, and she goes, most people don't. But there's just, when you're putting yourself around hundreds of people or maybe thousands, but in a theater, yeah. but in a comedy club, you know, two or three, four hundred people, she goes, bet your ass, there's some nuts in that group. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? I'll shake your hand do after weird a, yeah. shit. Shake your hand over take a piss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, that's weird. That's how you know you made it, man, when they, they jump over the bathroom stall. <laughs> yeah. That's right, damn it. Are you going outside? No, no, no. Uh... Oh, and uh, tonight, you know, at the end of the show, we do the little interview thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the way that'll I'll, I'll it. So the way that'll work, and the reason I wouldn't let him do it is that I try to keep it kind of tight because we're doing 20 more minutes on okay. the end. So um, uh, what do you to do? I mean, just what is is your show going an hour? Does you go a little under an hour? We're doing 45, 50. Oh, so you're, you're right there. Perfect. So you still do your twenty twenty five. All right. You keep it to around forty five. That would be good. And 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 I'll do about fifteen up front. And that way we don't beat them up too much at the end when we do the uh, Q and A thing. Okay. Right. You just call us up. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as you walk, you can come on and leave stage, or you can not leave stage, Ron. I mean, hell, you can just stand there with me. And we'll pull up a chair if you want to come back here and grab water or something for a second. You know, I'll, I'll kill a few moments, but. You want? We'll just all walk right up. We got some bar stools up there. We just drag them in front of the microphones and just go. Right on. You Let's know. do it. Yeah. 
I want to be introduced again. <laughs> After finishing up. Yeah. yeah introduce that, me that again. Bring him out again. Bye. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Remember him? It'll be fun. That crowd looks like fire out there. Yeah, is it big? I didn't get a chance to see him. Last night was a great run. You killed it, man. Well, thank it was you. cool watching. I appreciate it. it was my that. first time ever seeing it. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Likewise. Yeah, it was very I was absorbing. Uh, we were talking about um, differences between left coast and right coast. And, um, you know, I was talking about my opinion, but I didn't get yours. So I'm curious. I mean, do you notice a big, a more of an open? I don't, I don't, I don't get that PC shit going on. It's not, no. I, maybe it's because my act is safer. Um, no, I, I'm kind of like you. I, I, you're likable, though. You're very likable. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, but it's, uh, but I'm, I'm not getting that feeling that everybody's like, oh, you can't talk about shit these days. Yeah, you can. Just gotta I, I'm do not it feeling right. that. I don't feel that at all. No, I didn't either. I mean, I think it's like you got to, it's your angle you take. It's not like you got this one side angle yeah. where you're just brutal and, and, you know. But you feel more open-mindedness in California, yeah. don't you? A little bit, but this club, like last night I did a bit that I was nervous to do and it got an applause break. W- would like, you wow. say Sarasota is, is red? Is it red? Very. Yeah. It's red, but they're it's, open-minded it's red. It's 70% easy yeah. uh, in most of these crowds. I mean, it's going to be mostly Republicans, but, uh, but you know, we had D.L. Hughley in here, and uh, D.L., you know, we all love seeing a comic do a bit you shouldn't get away with. Yeah. Right. And we all love doing one that we shouldn't get away with, and it fucking works. And I can't do it justice, but he did a little thing about Colin Kaepernick, and then he flowed into this thing about Michael Jackson now, you know, that yeah. now we know he was a pedophile. And he does a thing about that, comparing the Catholic priests and things like that. If you're going to vilify him, you know, got all these white dudes that we hadn't vilified yet and blah, 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 blah. And he said, somebody actually asked me, would you still listen to his music? Like, would you sing a Michael Jackson song? Could you? Could you? Like, how could you? He goes, how could I? He goes, I could sing a Michael Jackson song, kind of like I could sing the national anthem. Ooh. And, boy, I thought we were going to see shit flying. Oh. No. Well, it got a laugh. It got a great laugh because it was true, and he delivered it so brilliantly, you know, that the people went, it's just fucking funny. Yeah, it was great. And true. Have fun out there. He said, uh, he said, I'll stop listening to Have Michael. A good set. He said, I'll stop listening to Michael Jackson when you stop printing Andrew Jackson. Like, no shit. Yeah. No shit. I was like, oh, I, people are so naive about that guy. Yeah. I mean, what a oh, scoundrel piece of shit. He was, he was a great president. No. 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 He should be. Totally he shot replaced. a person. Yes. He killed him while he was in office. Uh, killed a lot of Indians. Too. <laughs> yeah. He did a lot of that. It's yeah. not a very good thing. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Uh, Les can go from a conversation here and two just seconds right. later just hop up on I stage know. and no, no big deal. He's a conversationalist. That's all he is. Talking about uh, getting away with things. There's a comic, uh, he writes for uh, Bill Maher. I, I think he w- writes for Bill Maher still, at least he did. Um, David Feldman. Oh, yeah, and, he does. Um, uh, just a great comic from San Francisco. And I did this thing back when I started. This was 30-some-odd. This is 29 years ago. Oh, wow. It was called the Kosher Comedy Competition. Yeah. The first annual Kosher Comedy Competition <laughs> in San Francisco. And <laughs> we went out around to all these Jewish community centers. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, just old Jewish people. But they're all, you know, left coast, open-minded for the most part. And I couldn't believe it. David Feldman would go up there, and I mean, just eighty percent people over eighty. Yeah. And um, he's like, you know what? Screw Social Security. We don't need it anymore. <laughs> you know. And just tell, just putting all of these really, you know, uh, touchy subjects in front of you know people that you'd never think you'd get away with it. Sure. Yeah. You know. 
he, he's like, you think it's sad that you can go around and, you know, see an animal walking in around and, and you can, you know, pick them up and have a place to put them, but you find a human being <laughs> someplace there. You know, I think we need a humane society for people. Oh, my God. That's funny. And, and within six weeks, <laughs> if nobody, nobody shows up, them. then what, what? You think we were going to say we did euthanize them? No, no, no. We should conduct experiments. <laughs> <laughs> so he's telling jokes like this in the, yeah, in the Jewish community and getting away with it. You know? Getting so away with it. That's, that's what, um, you know, the ballsiness of, of some comics that I remember seeing when I started that, um, you know, it just was amazing to watch. Yeah, I wasn't very ball. I had a – do you still do that subway bit? Yeah. That's a I great bit. Do it this, I didn't do it last night. I made it's do it. It's a great bit. I did, a, I did something I – I have a Jared from Subway joke that I do where I'm like uh, – I said, uh, I blame Subway. I said, before Subway, he was 600 pounds trying to find his penis in his mom's uh, basement. And I was like, after Subway, you know. I'm like, they got him in, I'm, I said, they got him into rape shape. Oh. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and they laughed their asses off. I thought like, I was going to get groans for sure. Did you open with yeah. this? Oh, uh, he did. <laughs> I did. You did? I had an open right. mic, yeah. Holy shit. I opened up. Was it mostly comedians it was, there? There was a lot more build-up to it. No, no, it was an okay. actual audience there. Nice. I, th- I thought Rape Shape was a little, like, too cut, and they fucking digged it. So. I like how everyone was surprised that Jared, what was his last name? Jared? I don't even Fogel. Remember. Subway. There you go. Why were, why Jared was everyone, Fogel? Yeah, Fogel. Why were people right. surprised? That he was a pervert. He looked a little creepy. He, he, he yeah. looks creepy. Yeah. He did look creepy. Every every commercial looked and creepy. And what did he do? Nothing. He just it looked like he was worked, huge and yeah, got he worked in IT. Not to disparage people who work in IT, but like he had this look like he was. <laughs> yeah. Like he was. Know, he like, like he like he created the like, dark me, web. Can I get by? He was touching the women on the hips in the office. Like oh. he was one of them. Yeah, he's office perv for sure. Yeah. I had a oh, ate uh, early dinner tonight, and I saw a guy in a at a at the bar wearing a bungee cord as a belt wow extreme here, yeah extreme oh. here up the street he had a bungee okay. cord as a belt and then he had his t-shirt flipped up to where it was a midriff and i watched him i'm like nobody's talking to this guy and i was like that's kind of nice that's how you get left alone yeah. at dinner was he drinking code red bungee cord flip up the shirt, <laughs> up the shirt. you're <laughs> not even gonna hide it it's show like i forgot a belt yeah. show the navel that is great though when you can present yourself like that when nobody yeah, wants to talk to you. Let people know you're batshit crazy. Yeah, and no one will talk to you. I don't know why I have a please come talk to me face. Yeah, yeah. people Everyone just fucking they try to talk to me and then they're. Yeah, I don't want to talk. Do to you them. do good with that? I <laughs> do terrible with that. I, I do. I, I really? do, but it's like oh, it's like I'm I like so I'm an introvert, so it's so emotionally taxing. Me too. To yeah. flip that switch on, I'm like yeah. I'm so you're an introvert too. Oh yeah. So when you get off stage, it's not a natural instinct to go talk to the crowd. It's not. I I need no, ten no. minutes. I, at Same. least, yeah, like, yeah. give me a second. Like, I just want. Yeah. I just. That's where all of my, my emotional energy goes. Yeah. Is yeah. into performing, and then when I'm done, like, it's like, it's takes tough. a lot out of you. Yeah. No, I know, man. Yeah, it's weird. I do the Leno Leno thing. I go in the restroom and kick my feet up sometimes and listen to people's uh, reactions of my jokes. Oh sometimes yeah. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Even when my my wife goes to the bathroom, sometimes she'll come back with a story that women were talking about me in the bathroom, and I love that. Yeah, <laughs> like just tell me that story again, but slower, <laughs> softer, yeah. softer but slower. Tell it the way that I don't time to decompress. A lot of times, uh, here's the shitty thing: like uh, talking about ships, yeah. um, you travel all day. And then you uh, would get to the ship, you know, like at uh, you take off at five in the morning, get to the ship maybe at two or three in the afternoon, 
and then you have maybe uh, an hour or so to decompress. Then you have to go to a meeting, which is a safety meeting, and then you walk around the ship and learn how to work the watertight doors. And then you have uh, a sound check, and then you get a little bit of rest, and then I have a show at 11.30 that night in front of people that have been traveling all day that don't want to watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and that's, that's the thing. And then you have to talk to them afterwards. They make us talk to them afterwards. Jesus. You can't just take off or anything. you got to hang out and get evaluated on those kind of things if you hang out or not. Yeah, because you're like a like an actual um, employee there. Yeah, like so that's here's how they, the thing. That's how they, they have a host. Go. This is for carnival. They have a host, and um, it's usually a 20 to 23 year old kid that uh, hasn't watched a lot of comedy. And these are the people that are filling out our evaluations, which is another problem I have. That's hilarious. It's not a valid way to really evaluate a comedian is to have somebody that's never really evaluated comedy or knows comedy. Yeah. They're just looking, gauging on. I mean, it's it, you can gauge on audience, um, you know, interaction yeah, and sure. and um, you know how well they did with an audience, but you know, it's it's not right. You yeah. know, so. Um, We'd be evaluated by these young kids, and if you don't schmooze them and get along with them, then they're going to give you a certain kind of oh slant one way or another way. So it's all political. It's, it sucks. That's like reverse, like where the, you got to suck up to the host mm-hmm. as opposed Some to the host trying to suck up to the headliner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's exactly right. Ah, it's weird. Usually they're nice kids. They're usually great. But, you know, there's there's other people that, um, you know, they have a chip on their shoulder. And, yeah. Um, you know, are you talking about a 20 to 23-year-old, like, comic? Hosting? No, no. This Just is like a, a dude. An, an employee that was hired to be a host of the comedy shows, as well as oh doing God. other, you know, entertainment activities on the ship. Um, they also help people embark and disembark. They help, uh, you oh. know, with the activities that are going on. Like, so do they do material? Do they, do they just yeah, come some up and they introduce do. you? Uh, we had one guy that was actually a comic, and he yeah. was a well-seasoned comic that was a host, Good. and he put a lot into it. Yeah. But um, there were other ones that. Um, would try they would do a little bit of material and they were just you know crash and burn some of them figured it out one guy went out and was just filthy we yeah. just tell the most god-awful filthy jokes oh my and, god and um it was hard to follow that you yeah, know, just yeah. to get up there after he just grossed out the audience and he right. did it every time don't you have um, to be pretty clean now to work most of the well for, for carnival um you have to do three adult shows and they prefer that they are, and these are three half-hour shows, and they prefer that they be different. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to repeat one, um, so I would uh, uh, repeat one. I would do uh, one show uh, that I, I called um, Married with Children, and um, I would re- uh, re- do that one once, and then I would have one called The Dirty Show, and I would repeat that one. That was three shows. Then I had a family show that was a half-an-hour clean show, and I would repeat that one because I really uh, oh, yeah. don't have another half an hour that I prefer to yeah, do yeah. in front of kids. Two hours of yeah. So I, I really did not enjoy doing uh, yeah. shows in front of children. That's the other thing. You know? yeah. That's got to um, be hard for like if, if people on the cruise go to both The Dirty and the other mm-hmm. show, and then they see you walking around the next day, like, yeah. that guy different well yeah. that's that's the funny thing is like uh, a lot of them come to the clean show just to see if you can pull it off because <coughs> right, right. they saw you say fuck so many times the night before yeah they're like, right, right. there's no way this fucking guy's gonna be clean yeah there's no way. they're gambling then, in the back yeah. oh god but there has some horrible family shows just yeah. you know pulling that's teeth. a terrible idea um, i yeah. feel like you know yeah kids at like, a show is never i mean you look down and you see a kid you're like you oh, rethink man. everything you're about to say. Yeah. One time uh, I was working on a Disney ship, and I only worked one time on a Disney ship, and the adult show went fabulous. It was amazing. That was great. Yeah. And only I have to do two half-an-hour shows. And then I did a half-an-hour family show, and uh, I tell a joke about being uh, at the doctor's office when we find out my wife was pregnant. And the doctor did a little computation, figured out the math, and he said, looks like your child was conceived on November 5th. Right, right. Yeah. And then uh, he goes, uh, and my wife looks at me and says, were you home that day? <laughs> 
Yeah. It's a really innocuous <laughs> joke. Yeah. And it goes back to the main office. This is on Disney. It goes back to the main office that I'm doing jokes about conception in front of children. <laughs> a joke that flies way over their head. They yeah. have no idea. Which is and like I'm, I'm doing. I didn't even say the word conception. Well, watch any Disney movie. They have a lot of adult humor in that that, that doesn't land. You know what I mean? Right. There's yeah, a lot of it. That's clearly meant for yeah. The, this was the, a cruise the line chaperone. The you know cruise what I mean? director brought it's called me chaperone humor into his office and lectured me for an hour oh my before gosh. my show uh, about um, not coming down on the brand and and being appropriate. You know, don't you know? Don't do this. Don't do that. And uh, it was horrible. So I don't think I do well. Time. I don't think I do well if someone saw me from Disney on that bit. That's not dirty at all. It's that's well, about yeah, timing. It's not. That's it, like where we at home or in the car, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's. It was. Uh, I had no defense. Like you're doing jokes about conception. All right. Yeah, and even even if uh, like I run an open mic at a brewery, which is like the new fucking Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Like they just bring their kids. They get wasted. And there'll be kids in the room, and then the parents will say, they're like, oh, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter. He's heard it all. You can say it. It's like, well, yep. I, I don't want to fucking keep talking yeah. um, until you fucking take that consent back. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. I'm like, I don't work particularly dirty, but if I want to try something, I want to try something. I love it. Also, I love it when the club doesn't give a shit about the age of the patrons in there. They just want that ass in the seat, and they're going to take the food money and the drink money. They don't care, and the parent is like that. They're going to say, oh, he's heard it all. Don't worry about it. He's heard a lot worse at home. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I warned you. I'm doing a closing bit about eating pussy. Yeah, exactly. Just heard about that? Yeah. <laughs> just so you know. The birds yeah. and the bees in this one show. Right? Get it, get it. So you keep this thing continuously rolling? Just keep it going, man. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Most likely. Right. I would say Did they do. start right at 7? take a look real quick. They start about 7.07. You can look. You, if you peek, you can kind of see the clock. Yeah, like so he's probably got about 10 minutes. You can see it up there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. What's up? What's up, bro? What's up, man? Hey, uh, man. Steven. Finally uh, got you out here, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um. Steven is down south right now. He's really? supposed to do a guest set for Brett Ernst, and then the host didn't show up, so he's going to do 15 and host for Brett Ernst. Really? What? That's amazing. I don't have that kind of luck. No, yeah. No, I drive to Sarasota and don't get to get on stage. No, you don't even get, you don't even get to <laughs> see people. No, it's a, I, knew it was a, I knew it was a risk. But yeah. we'll still, we'll go I tried. Through. I tried to get you on. We'll go hit the mic. Yeah. That's a good room, though. Have you ever, have you ever done Which, uh, It's not cock corporate ladder. Oh, cock and bowl. Yeah. Sounds like a place you don't want to go to. It's but. my it's my favorite brand of ginger beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey. Which is a redheaded soft drink. <laughs> Are you a beer nut, craft beer kind of guy? Not really. You look like it, but yeah, you do. You totally hey. look like a brewmaster from Sam Adams. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. That's what I open. I up. bet you make just looking at you makes me want to get beer trapped <laughs> in my beard and <laughs> suck it out. Um, get hammered McPallet furniture. I had a beer. I'm not like a a big. How much drinker. time I can only it? have? You got time or no? No, fuck that. There's a cup right there, man. I'm going to pee on stage. Yeah. No, that's the Brian Scalaro method. Don't want to do that. Some people but smash watermelon, some people pee. Yeah. 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 Tampa Bay I Brewing Company has um, um Tampa a, Bay? A Tampa Bay Brewing Company has a beer called Gourds Gone Wild. Oh, yeah, yeah. My buddy is the brewer for them. That's some yeah. good shit. That's good shit, yeah. He's your friend? He, he brews my, there? Yeah. Does he make that particular one? He makes all of them. He makes them all. Tell him good on you. Right on. Some good right on. shit. Yeah. Jeff Dominguez, if oh you're listening. Oh, my God. Really? Congratulations. Holy great. shit, it's good. I'm not like a guy that – I mean, uh, I'm from Colorado, 
and I was a Fat Tire guy before Fat Tire came out. If you're familiar with Fat yeah, Tire, yeah. Fat Tire, yeah. And uh, it's a new Belgian brewery, and they started in Fort Collins, and that's where I went to college. And oh, okay. you know, oh yeah, I went to their I went to yeah. their brewery in Asheville. Right. Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. No shit, right yeah. on. Um, yeah, that's when they moved out east. It's it's an amazing company and um, really well run and started in Fort Collins. So um, that's been my beer since I was a kid. But um, yeah, anyway, that's great. Yeah. Good shit. Highly recommend it. The next tour will be sponsored by Gord's Gun Wild from the Tampa hopefully, Bay. Hopefully, I had a hopefully. I had a question for you actually, Ron. Yes, sir. Um, you you do the loop thing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. How wh- how long were you into comedy before you brought that on into your okay. act? Well, the w- when I was in uh, I was doing regular straight up stand up for my first five years yeah. in comedy, and I always interacted music or you know dispersed music throughout my show. Um, but I didn't do the acapella stuff until about year six. Oh, and okay. when I did start that in year six. Um, it was with a CD player. There wasn't any kind of oh God, um, technology yeah. like that. There was right. no digital technology. There's no such thing as a foot pedal looper. Yeah. So I had all of my music, which was pre-recorded in uh, a studio that was acapella. Wow. And the things that I did live were timed pieces. So to make it look like I was recording it live, I would do something live. So I would have a beat, start out a song. It would go, dun, yeah. and then I would start singing. And yeah. it's a time thing. And I'd do four bars of singing. And yeah. it was taken over by the recording if I timed it right. Right, right, right. So I go doop-ba-boop-ba-doop-ba-doop-ba-doop. And then it would take over and the CD would go doop And I'd build oh, them on top of each other. Wow. And then the CD would go. And so there were four of them. Holy shit. And that would show people that I'm building the voices. But that was the only way to kind of fool and trick people. was, And it was all recorded. So I had to turn around. And if I wanted to do a different song, I had to turn around. You know, click number four on the <laughs> CD player, push play, and go Holy into the shit. song. Yeah. So I did, um, I did that for a good six years. Holy shit! And I ran into a DJ in um, Iowa, of all places. Yeah. And he's like, "You should look into this foot pedal thing. It'll revolutionize your show. You can put all your stuff there. You can create songs on the fly and yeah. do it right there on stage. You can record your voice and you can layer them on top of each other. You can have your songs that you did before and do it all with your foot. Yeah. So it it totally Oh my god! My show yeah. it changed everything tremendously, right? Yeah. Where so that was uh, maybe ten years ago. Or what do you use? Like an RC thirty or? It's RC? called a Digitech Jam Man. Okay. So okay. Really yes, simple yes. machine. How are you able to practice that? Yeah. So that's how I was, it was wondered. You can't do that on an open mic, right? Yeah. 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 It was impossible in the beginning because um, I had to figure out how to use this thing. Yeah. Now, just queuing up a song was easy, but if I wanted sure. to create a song in front of people and build a song, right. I had to learn how to do that. Right. And it's an all on the looper. It's a timing thing. It's all on a 4-4 four, four time signature, sure, if, that, yeah, if you yeah. know what that means. Yeah. Um, everything is one, two, three, four, four yeah. two, two. Three, four, and and everything that you record on that thing is on that kind of pace. Right. So, and if you want to change that, you got to change, you know, some things how you record it. So, if you hit a button at the wrong time, then yeah. it's not going to record right, and you're committed to a bit that you just oh recorded God, or yeah. a song that you just recorded, and you got to keep going with it. It's out or of just rhythm. Just stop and say you fucked up and yeah. start over again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which I've done before too. Yeah. So, um, it took some practice and yeah. uh, a lot of practice. Did you practice off stage? Yeah, a ton okay. off stage. Okay. Yeah. A ton. Um, yeah, just by myself with my speakers. Just hard to use. Yeah. Did, uh, did like clubs get nervous when you were like? They didn't know. They had they no didn't idea. Know. They had no <laughs> clue. <laughs> just, they had no like, clue. What is this device? They were more like, worried about, about how I was clicking into the system because I right, would have right. to, you know, rig it into the system somehow sure, and, yeah. and you know, get the right cords connected. Sure. But um, yeah, it was it was a transition. But I figured it out, you know. Um, and um, 
once I figured it out and, you know, learning harmonies and figuring out how to do funny songs, you know, or yeah. um, uh, and, and doing things on the fly. Like I can ask, you know, somebody in the audience like tonight, I'll probably ask if there's somebody that um, has a request or something and I can usually kick out a song or some kind of. Yeah, yeah, them. absolutely. Yeah, it took a while, though. It did. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I always wondered that because I, I remember like like Bo Burnham's story was mm-hmm. that he had a whole musical act, but he he had to just get really good at doing it because no open mic could could like facilitate any of what he was doing so he just had to get good enough to get booked at actual shows it's hard as a musical act man it's it's the hardest thing because number one people don't take you seriously as a real act yeah number two you're put in a category of variety right right right. um, so uh that's been the hardest thing in my entire career is telling people that no i sometimes you know they think i just get up on stage and start singing sometimes yeah. i do just to do a little you know surprise but they just think hey just get up on stage there's no stand-up in this thing yeah and like, now 65 70 percent of my show is stand-up stand right that's, yeah i noticed and that last night yeah. not knowing what your act was going to yeah. be but knowing that you did music and that's the it's a it's a misnomer it's a misconception that i get everywhere i go and, and it's hard when you're booking because they're like well who's this singing comic guy yeah and what's this bullshit and then you know, finally they realize, like, you know, I'm a bona fide stand-up before right. this. I could do it without the looper. A lot of comics will, like, get a weird about that, too, about, like, mm-hmm. music. Like, a guitar comic, like, oh, oh God. yeah. But they could be great, and they're still like, oh, fuck oh, that yeah. guy. And I like, just feel like, if, like, for me, it's just one of those things. It's like, if you're going to go for that, and I know that, like, not everybody is great right out the gate, but if you're going to pull a guitar out, I'm like, my first thought is, please, please be good. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to feel bad for you if it's not. Yeah. yeah. Like, it hurts... I definitely have my haters um, and people that are purists that are just strict monologists. Um, you yeah. know, they they view what I do as you know not stand up. You know, like hack or that's some bullshit. fine. It's yeah. it's totally fine with me. You can totally have your opinion. Yeah. I've done it for thirty years. Right. You know, I've 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 been consistent and persistent. I'm here thirty years later. Right. I win. Fuck you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Be great yeah, if right now I just grabbed a guitar before I went on stage. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, all right, you guys be like, oh my god, he's a guitar comic. <laughs> we just talked so much shit. How come no one's I'm not talking anything? shit. I just feel like it's like, oh my god, please be good. This yeah, no, I, go, I get that. I get that for sure. You know what? Uh, when I was up at that competition, World yeah. Series, I was surprised how many guitar comics there Did were. Did they have a lot? Uh, several. Interesting. And they and they all killed. Anybody? They, oh yeah. Every one of them at least made it to the next round. They didn't necessarily make it to the final final, but they all like they all. And I got knocked out in the very first round, mm-hmm. so I'm sitting here like fuck. And then I see a guy with a, with a guitar like getting like cheered on that he won the first I round. I'm like uh, fuck. They're getting better talent on that thing. When I did, yeah. it, I made it to the finals because there was not a lot of talent. Really? Yeah, it's hard now. No, it's hard. Yeah, I, I was with all headliners. So you getting knocked out is basically like getting to the quarterfinals, just so you know. Yeah, it's it was crazy. I did the Colorado Comedy Invitational back in 1994, and there was a guy going around named Hitch, Mitch Hedberg, <laughs> yeah. and um, he was bombing everywhere. Wow. Everywhere, nobody was fucking getting him, and nobody was understanding it. You know, all the comics thought it was fucking brilliant. Yeah. We're going to all these small little towns in Colorado, and he's just bombing everywhere yeah. and here's the funniest thing you know, we had a light on stage you know the light did they have a light for the world series you know like it's green and then it's yellow and then no, it's red just just a light in the, a light you can barely see okay. in the back yeah. we had a green light and then there's a yellow light and like you know wrap it up and then yeah. red light is you that's, know, I wish the they did that that's yeah. amazing and so Mitch was very conscious of the red light and he'd be in the middle of a joke and he'd see that red light come on and he would just tip the fuck out the door he would yeah. just leave right away wow He'd be like, so my cousin, like, red light, walk away. <laughs> but nobody got him. Nobody understood. Um, yeah. Nobody, uh, nobody got him. There were um, who else was in the contest? Um, 
Chris Titus was in that wow. year. Wow. Uh, Mary Ellen Hooper was in that year. Um, Greg Barrett was in that year. Wow. Um, Mark Moran, not Mark Marin, but Mark, Mark Moran. Moran, yeah. Do you ever meet Mark Moran? Mm-hmm. With a D Mo- on the end. Moran, right? Moran not, mm-hmm. not Marin. Remember him from New Jersey? I won't talk anything. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, let's see. Who else? It was t- just tons of people that were Star in that contest started, yeah. that, that made it. And the thing is, is I was amazed by this. Um, Tommy Chong was uh, one of the big headliners that they brought in to headline the big finals and everything. And um, all these comics were great and wonderful. And um, uh, uh, Tommy kind of walked the audience. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, very the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. He's so nice. But wow. um, I remember uh, Bud Friedman most of all just wow. getting up and tipping the fuck out the door. <laughs> I'm out of here. It was by the he was doing the the what was that bit with the sniff and the tushes? You the the, yeah. the dog the dog bit. Yeah. My yeah, f- I tell you a little Tommy Chong thing. The uh, Tommy played our club six seven times, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, first time we heard he was out touring because he you know tommy was never a stand-up comedian you know and so uh he was at a club in clearwater ron bennington's Mm -hmm. uh club in clearwater and so a bunch of us like we were huge fans and we all went over there and everybody in the it's packed and everybody in the audience is a massive cheech and chong fan and same thing as you experienced he got up there and this is where i tell people about stand-up comedy. I don't care how big a star you are and how much they love you. They'll give you 10 minutes <laughs> out of gratuity and love. Yeah. And after that, if you're not funny, it don't matter yeah. who the fuck you yeah. are. I mean, Jesus doing stand-up, <laughs> if he ain't got 10 minutes, they'll turn on him in 15. Yeah, exactly. to the good shit, and Jesus. they didn't, they, they kind of respectfully hung out. Yeah. You know, they kind of respect, but I mean, it was it was really awkward, yeah. and so what I found out later was he did. That was when he first went out, and he really thought he could just talk about Cheech and Chong days, take some of the old bits that they did, and just refabricate them. He he didn't really understand comic timing, comic how fast jokes had to come, all that kind of stuff. So what Tommy did was he went he just at a point of having a few of those shows he went I'm not going to do this anymore. So he went back and got a team of writers and sat and did what you're yep. supposed to do and he worked out a a show, a show show and then he had a show that was very acceptable to his to his fan base, yeah. you know, that he just loved, around a lot. But uh but you know I I've had several, you know, a lot of uh, I've seen that happen with several of the Saturday night live people that aren't comics and they're not stand-ups and they decide once they left the show to go do it and then you you know and they're just and it and it's always i'll get pitched those people when they first go out and i never take them right off the bat because i just know that they're going to need a couple of years out there to to get their chops together and uh and most most of them do most of them you know they don't bail they they mostly they figure they can figure it out so we're not going to book stormy daniels because I heard she's doing stand-up now. I would bring her in on a Monday. <laughs> on a Monday. A Monday, Monday one-nighter. I'll bring her in on a Monday one-nighter. All right, all right, if good. fine gold can open for her. That's, that's I will one. open all the way. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a double opening. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it as well. Please. Wrong. But um, um, 
No, I, I think the YouTubers, too. I mean, a lot of them have really huge followings, and yeah. then they come to a place and sell it out, and they have nothing to stand behind. But you know, Ron, I keep hearing about all these YouTubers that can sell out your room. I've only gotten one. In all, I mean, I hear, I hear that, mm -hmm. but I was talking to Mark Ridley, yeah. you know, up in Detroit. I said, we, he comes down here in the winter, and we were playing golf. I go, have you gotten any? He said, I've gotten five. But he goes, only two of them were comics. The other three were young guys that that their whole – and they did afternoon shows. Hmm. And they sold – and it wasn't even – he goes, Les, they sold tickets anywhere from 25 to $50. Jeez. And they would fill my place up. You know, and he, he's over 300. He feel my, they feel, it's all teenage girls and yeah. their moms. It's like a meet and greet. It's teenage girls. It's young girls. They're bringing gifts for this guy. And he gets up and talks to them for about 30, 40 minutes. It's not a stand-up. He's just talking to them and being charming. And then he sits at a table and sells merch. Yeah. And they give him something and he sells them something and they sit there. But but then there was a but the first one i got was this guy michael q i hadn't heard of him it was about a year and a half ago i get an email from a guy named michael q he goes hey i'm a comedian i'm gonna be in florida uh doing a bunch of clubs down there he goes i'd love i goes I, I i feel like i can fill your room up or close to it on on a one-nighter uh, i'll take any night you know and i and i just kind of blew him off at first i was and then i started i started Google searching. I'm not finding anything. And then I start asking comics. And just like you, Ron, they're going, no. They're like, you, you're going, no. I never heard of some bitch. Yeah. And so I go, hey, my, and then he's sending me, hey, you know, da, da, da. he sent me two or three more emails. I go, send me a list of the theater, the clubs where you've done your show. Well, he does. There's 25 of the top clubs in the United States, the very cream of the crop clubs. And a lot of improvs. So I call Renee, Renee Hart over there in Palm Beach. I go, Renee, you know Michael Q? She goes, oh, yeah. She goes, he'll pack your room. I go, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, I'm telling you right now. She goes, we don't know how he does it. You know? She goes, you won't sell a fucking ticket through your website. Yeah, you it's know? all him. It's all him. He, we, I said, well, okay. Let's, and we took a risk with him. You don't get any reservations. But, but Bronwyn, my, my assistant, she was just – you know, staying in contact with him. I said, he needs to let you know what he thinks the crowd's going to be through what he's doing. And uh, he said, and when it came a couple days before, he was like, it's, he goes, I'm thinking, it was like a Monday. As he goes, I'm thinking it's going to be 150 to 175. I was like, okay, all right. And, of course, I'd never done that before with no ticket sales. You know, I said, I'll risk it. Renee said, I'll risk it. We had 200 almost 250 people in here we were understaffed yeah. he, more people than he thought was gonna come yeah it's crazy it's internet it's it's through it's through his it's through his, he's he is An one of the guys that has guy. pulled off uh building a following on internet on the internet through you know all your different yeah. platforms whether it's instagram or facebook or multiple platforms uh he's done it and he knows where they are you know, you know, he's he he is he has worked diligently enough at it 
that yeah. he knows how to pinpoint in his audience, and he knows what where there are in regions. And does he do something in his act that's different than anybody else? No, nope. just he's just targeted up. the nope. audience. And, and I tell you what, he got on stage, he's young a guy, Pakistani and, guy, right? and uh, he Crazy. did a very acceptable headline he's set. Is he you know, he was a guy that I would go, I would describe great feature act that can close a room, yeah. and uh, but very acceptable show, and funny guy had some funny stuff. And we're bringing him back in November. And uh, yeah, I think it's this phenomenon that he's an internet sensation. Yes. These people are internet sensations. So when they do have a live show, it becomes this like, oh, like I've only ever seen him through my digital screen. Like I need to see him live. And it's almost that level of a celebrity because it could be your only chance to see him. It is a level in of person. I mean, in you know. It's, it's very strange. And, and the, you know, we've talked about it a million times. It is extremely hard to draw. Yeah. I mean, we have acts. Ron, you're one of them that come in this room and come in here for a while. And you always, I mean, you, you come in here and you do great, great, it. kick ass. But, and we have a bunch of headlines. But there's no draw, really. And it's, it's amazing how hard it is yeah. to make that happen without a television show or movies and now but you now know. you can do it if you're if you really can commit to it you can do it with these with youtube you i wish more people would yeah. i mean it, it uh, once again my i hear you hear the rap you could you can michael did it we got this guy coming in with this love thing game yeah. show we don't it's know work, we don't though. know whether it, but he's saying he's going everywhere and he's got those great clubs and stuff that but we'll see how it does here. But boy, oh boy, I would. I mean, think if they, if if I as a club owner had had twenty of those, right. that means twice a month, every year, I'm filling up my room. Yeah. Twice a month, every year, Ticket I'm filling sales. my room up. Even if I give them all the ticket sales just off of the. Yeah the revenue from food and beverage alone, I go, that is a hell of a chunk of change yeah. that doesn't exist right now. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, that's the kind of thing that could really help prop up the whole industry. You know, uh, uh, I mean, you're, I mean, when you're talking about a, a, a even, I mean, when you're t not the big clubs in the big cities, but your right. average clubs in mid-sized yeah. cities and stuff, you know, you're talking about throwing an extra fifty to hundred thousand dollars a year into their pocket. Basically. Well, yeah, that that can be the difference in your club going under or right. making it, yeah. or or the difference at least in your owner having enough incentive. To stay in it yeah, for the exactly. amount of work that they're putting in, you yeah. know, absolutely, yeah. yeah. We all, we all, as comics, especially the up and comers, we have to start doing that. I think, like, that's the new play. What uh, followers, getting followers, oh yeah, yeah, of course, getting, but like also putting out content that drives people to your shows. Like, so many comics, like you know this, right? Yeah, the, 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 they think it. that going on and, and doing a Facebook Live once a month is enough. Yeah, and it's like no, and or they, they're hoping that like just by one video they'll catch fire. It's just consistently putting out content over and over again Agreed. and getting. I'm just man. I've just never been. I've never been one for social media. But now you like you don't have a choice. I was like on the verge of deleting my Facebook. Yeah. Before I started doing comedy, and I was like, oh, I have no yeah. option now. I have. It's to. weird. Because you, you do, can't just be funny. You have to be out there. You have to be a, a personality that people subscribe to now. 
rather than just yeah. being a guy that's funny that oh I saw him but I can't remember his name. Now you have to be the guy that like they they they're constantly seeing videos of you sure. on their Facebook feed. Well, you know, back yeah. back before there was the internet, still you and I just said this up in a seminar up there at the World Series. Yeah, I I basically see comics fall into one of two categories. You're either a crowd pleaser or you're a well defined character. And crowd pleasers are me. Right. Crowd pleasers, I go up. I've got enough different material that I can go up in front of any crowd anywhere. You can be told this is a clean crowd, this is a dirty crowd, and you go, okay, I'm just right now off the fly. Or you can get in front of the crowd and go feel them out in your first few minutes and go, oh, okay, I know what to do with this group. Well-defined characters become celebrities. Crowd pleasers rarely become celebrities because well-defined characters are finding their audience. They're finding their people, and they don't shift. If they get in front of a crowd that doesn't dig what they do, then they're just going to bomb. Yeah. Because they're yeah. not going to shift no. in into doing what that what they, what they think the crowd wants them they to do. They don't pander at all. They're, no, yeah. they do their thing. It takes a lot. It takes a lot more work. Yeah. And it takes a lot more courage. Courage. Yeah. To stand there and know that some crowds are not going to get you, and you're just not going to have a good time, and yeah. they aren't either. Yeah. You know, but. That's how you get to me. That celebrity, because you, then you're branded. Yeah. Then you can be branded. But that's, I mean, that's what set you. And then, it, and then it was all about getting television. But you, when you talk about it now, the internet's here. Well, it's all the same. It's all multimedia. As long as you're on a it's, all, it's all media. You're, 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 you're putting yourself out where a lot more people can see you. That's all it is. And you know, if you go on the Tonight Show, back in the Carson days, oh, yeah. you had. You had half the United States watching you. Right. If you went on tonight's show today, you have a few million people watching you. What, five or something like that? But it's, no, not even close. Not even the same. Yeah. And, um, but if you're getting popular on the Internet, can you find a platform up there that yeah. has that kind of viewership that you can, or that you can build? Are. or what? There are. I know there are. Like, yeah. Look at uh, there's this one, and it's so stupid. I mean, really, the person who came to this fucking show – I'm like, how? It's it's a guy. He interviews you, and you eat hot wings. Oh yeah, hot ones. Hot ones. It's like I listen. The the the. the oh, the Chris, great. Krispy Kremes. It's, it's very professional. Is it Krispy Kreme hot ones? No, it's just hot, it's called the hot ones. Oh. And it's literally like he's interviewing like Kevin Hart. Yeah. And it's the like hottest wings in the world. Eating the hottest oh. wings in the world, but it's like it's oh. very well production yeah, value. in the world, but he has them like yeah. go up. Yeah, you start off with crying. like something. You, well, so yeah, you start off something simple, and it builds up to like a really hot wing where you can barely even. touch Well, it has a mouth. theme to it. That's but, the but, wings are nothing dude, but a theme. But it's like it's such a yeah. simple, stupid format. Right. But, but Jesus Christ, if you get on that show, you're getting booked everywhere. It's yeah. ridiculous. But the thing is, is that you know that's that thing. That's the that's that person's celebrity. That it's it's a theme. It's something that he's stuck with. Yeah. And it's yeah. like you just said. Consistent. You go. I can go when you explain the show. Oh, it's a hot wings show. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's that simple. It's that simple. You know. It's not, hey, by the no way, elaborate I said when you walked on stage, I love the – where'd you get those boots? I found them online, man. Did you really? I, I get a lot of stuff online now, too. I'm blaming Brian Bradley for all this shit. I'll show you a picture oh, a little Bri bit later. It's kind of boring on a podcast. But nice. <laughs> Fluvog or whatever, it's a, it's a shoe company. Fluvog. Fluvog, yeah. You ever heard of it? No. Okay. F-L-O-O. F-L-U-E. V-O-G. Okay. Like Fluvog. And they got like stores in San Francisco, New York, and 
you know, sweet uh-huh. and shit. I don't love know. it. And uh, they have, but this is not from that. This is from China. It's just oh, okay. You know, cheap ripoff. Okay. Um, but I, I wanted to be six feet tall. I was going back to my uh, reunion uh, for high school, my 30 year reunion. So I'm like, I'm going back six foot, man. I have to. So I found <laughs> these are four inch heels. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so, nice. and I'm a big Prince fan. I don't give a fuck anymore. So um, I got a lot of hate, man. I got a lot of, um, I, I put them online and I put yeah. some pictures on it. And I got some people just, uh, you know, like uh, some real homosexual stuff blowing at me. Really? And uh, yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm totally fine. Go hate all you want. Because you wore those because shoes? Because I wore these boots because I put them really? on there. I'm getting some hate. Like, uh, so oh. you're not in the chicks anymore, Ron? So, oh, yeah. 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 I, I loved it. I thought it was hysterical how much um, uh, you know, hate was being flown at me. So I'm buying more. Which are, which are mainly coming from people that don't get much pussy. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So um, I love these shoes, man. I, I, you feel different in a nice pair of shoes, just like you do in a good pair of uh, uh, like a pants or a nice oh, absolutely. shirt. Absolutely. It changes your, your vernacular and your, your, uh, it does. your attitude. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. It so does. when I put these on, I feel like a different person. Nice. I'm going to go check that out. My grandfather was a, was a phenomenal dresser, and he couldn't read or write. Had a restaurant, wow. had a barbecue restaurant for 50 years. It was successful in our town. My grandmother had the education to do sure, that kind yeah. of, but he was just the, he was the guy that, you know, did the work part. Of, but once he got successful, he wore, he had tailor, he had his slacks and shirts tailored. He, he loved going to Miami for the orange bowl. He would always buy his shoes either in Miami or Atlanta, but mostly Miami. Cause he could get these exotic, you yeah. know, alligator lizard shit you didn't see that shit i mean you're talking about back in the 60s yeah, and yeah. 70s you know produced no he wore countess yeah. maritimes all that kind of stuff and yeah. the fedoras yep. you know fedora. and just a real and i and i've got some of his shoes i was the only one that fit are they heels after he died and uh the, 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 the he didn't have any, any boots with the big heel uh-huh. on it you know his are just like a regular mm-hmm. heel but the front of them look like those i've got a, i've got one pair that are actually Believe it or not, they were made by Stetson, mm. the hat people. Yeah. And they're, they're black oh, uh, alligator. And, but I'm about to wear them out. So I've been going and looking for comparable shoes. When I find them, they're a, a 1000 to $1,500, you know, which they're probably yeah. worth it. I hadn't brought myself to pay that yeah. much for a pair of fucking shoes. But, uh, Those are the next ones there. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. They're, I love them, man. I, it's my new thing. Um, does I, I Laura think your ass looks cuter in them? <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. She hates it. Oh, really? Yeah. Here's why. Because everywhere we go, usually, she's the one that's dressed nice. Yeah, you got she's better the one shoes. that's usually getting the yeah. compliments everywhere we As go. As well she should. And I am getting the compliments <laughs> ah, now on my shoes. Nice. She fucking hates it. Does like, she wear heels? She does, but she's n- they're, they're not shiny and pretty like these. So they're, they're, they get more attention than her, and she fucking hates that it. That is fucked up. You keep dressed like a trophy husband. Oh, that's shit. <laughs> Are we done? All right, man. Good luck. It was a pleasure, Jim. Absolutely. Um, update, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Stephen ate a bag of dicks. <laughs> uh, we love you, Stephen. Sorry. We love you so much, Stephen. Yeah. Although, you know, too bad. Uh, probably not gonna get booked off of that. But. <laughs> but still. Did I tell you when he missed a guest spot here? Yeah. He didn't show up, and I, I was fucking with him so bad. I'm like, I'm like, dude, there was an executive from the Tonight Show here sitting in the back. Man, like, you have no idea. 
Les said he was gonna give you a feature spot based off of this. <laughs> like I just totally fucked with him. He was so bummed out. I know. He's a, he's he's like I love him so much. Yeah. He's just uh, you gotta <laughs> you gotta let him ebb and flow the way he he wants. Yeah, to. yeah. Because he's cool. great people though. Yeah, he is a good dude. Who yeah. is that? Who are you trying to? Oh, uh, Stephen Henry. We've had him here a couple times. Oh yeah. Yeah, Stephen Henry. Yeah, yeah. nice guy. He's got a very interesting style. Um, like he's he's one of those guys you're talking about though. He he'll find his audience. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a, he's definitely not a panderer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a crowd pleaser at all. Like he'll, like he he gets his audience and his audience gets him. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. What a sport. Yeah. What a sport we play. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. yeah. It's great fun. Yeah, I love Especially it. Especially when you make a living off of it. I was at the open mic last night. Uh, first time I got up on stage in three times in a while. Like in one night, you know? And uh, so I went to this this place called the Highway Bar that mm-hmm. Drew Schlatter was running, actually. It was all rednecks, like at a dive bar. I was doing my jokes there. Good set. Where was it? Uh, over deep in Bradenton. Oh, okay. Um, a cash-only kind of place, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, r- real dive bar. And I come here, and I'm getting ready for to go up. I'm doing like all new material and I'm sitting outside and this, this girl comes up and she's very very good looking and she's like oh are you going up tonight and I'm like yeah yeah and she goes oh you're my favorite and I go don't put that kind of pressure on me <laughs> I said that's not fair and then she, she walks inside and starts laughing I go up I do my material it's not my best set I got some good laughs I kind of like kiltered off towards the end and I get off and she walks out and she's like uh, did I did I fuck with you is that is that what the problem was and I was like ah you and the whole audience right. and she goes yeah because you suck tonight uh-huh. and then she turned around and just walked away there you go. And I was like, what the fuck? How long, yeah, how long how you guys been dating? Brutal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's how fickle it is. I was like, I lost a fan that easily. She's like, yeah, you, you were terrible. And then she walked away. I was like, uh, fuck. Too much. I had a guy one time after a show at a crosswalk came, like, made an effort to come to me. I was going the other way. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, you were horrible. You should stop. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I was like, that, that's aggressive. Like, this <laughs> is the yeah. only job, I think, where, like, that's expected sometimes. That's expected, yeah. Did you push oh, yeah. him into traffic? Or? He could have stopped that you are horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, then yeah, I, could, I could do what I want with that information. But then he goes, you know what else? You should stop. Yeah. I, I uh, have that's weird. said that same thing to some uh, painters <laughs> and pavers. <laughs> You're horrible. You should you stop. You should stop. Like, really now. Yeah. <laughs> I got to bring somebody <laughs> else in because you are horrible. This is not going well. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it's not just us. Uh, yeah, people. Yeah, it's so subjective, and they feel like they have to tell you. Like they have to some let you people know. Do. They don't want you to let you like continue. Like <laughs> I, if I don't do well, I fucking know I don't do well. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Right. When I don't do do well, I need you to point it out. I was in the goddamn room too. My exactly. favorite is the people that walk by like. <sighs> I'm okay with that because that's <laughs> yeah. like an empathy thing. They were like, yeah. dude. Yeah. One of the funniest ones, me and. Uh, Ken Sons and uh, another guy named Sam Walsh. We started touring with it. Ken and I had already been touring and headlining, but uh, we could do improv. And Ken and I always did improv at the end of our shows when we were a team. And we and club owners we, would always tell us outside of New York or Chicago or LA or somewhere like that, there, nobody's doing fucking improv. Yeah, I mean, no, nobody's yeah. seeing it. Yeah, and so they would love it. They they would request that we would do it. So we, th- we thought, you know, and w- we actually talked to several club owners, and we said, what if we put together a show with three of us? It's going to be a little more expensive, 
but you know, because you, uh, you got to pay two headliners and then a, a middle act. But we'll all do like 15, 10 or fifteen minutes of stand up to prove we're funny, and then we'll do like an hour of improvisation. And uh, and it went really well. Uh, it just never drew. It never sold yeah. tickets, and so it was too expensive. They everybody brought us through like two or three times, and went, man, we love it, but it's just not. Yeah. It's just not selling tickets. But we went. So there was a club in, in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, and the cl good club, the guy who ran it was a great guy, good club. And we had been in there as single acts and, and had a good experience there. We, we walked out there the very first night. Here's a neat, here's a wild thing about Huntsville. Huntsville, half your crowd is NASA employees. Oh. So they're literally rocket scientists. Oh, great. You know, they literally are. That's and the other great. half of the crowd is just regular down-home North Alabama folk, you know. Oh, my God. So it's a weird, it's almost like even as a headliner, you can have a lot of experiences where a joke will work with half the audience, yeah. but only half. You yeah. know, the other half is not interested or doesn't get it. That's a tough split. You got geniuses and people that maybe dropped out of fourth grade. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so we went up there, and we, our stand-up went okay. But then we, we explain the improv, and then we go to the part where we need suggestions from the audience. Oh, no. <laughs> Nothing. Not crazy suggestions. Zero. Really? Zero. And it happened for seven shows in a row. Oh, my God. The audience would not say anything. That's they odd. They just froze. What? And the so fuck? the staff, the waitresses and start were the ones that would yell up yeah. suggestions. And then we would go into the sketches, and they were like, their whole attitude was, we came to see stand-up comedy. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you yeah. asking us questions? Why are you doing this? Wow. And it just tanked every show. No matter, I mean, shit. We, I mean, we had set bits in there that you could flow into. Nothing. The third show, we walked off that fucking stage. We were like, oh, can we keep doing this? And this big old fucking overall guy standing in the back he's going hey boys I gotta ask y'all a question man he's just smiling he goes uh, how you get a job like this <laughs> <laughs> wow they paid y'all oh that's incredible that's that. incredible Jeez. and we all went you're exactly right sir uh, <laughs> in this yeah. situation you can't even defend yourself you're, that's the smartest thing that's been said yeah. all night <laughs> how you get a job like that yeah. amazing oh now you pipe in yeah yeah asshole. exactly yeah that was the weirdest fucking thing, though. That's so weird. I never had it happen anywhere else, ever. It, it, you And you would have thought, well, it's just an odd audience. Not that a whole culture of people, <laughs> a whole culture <laughs> for three nights yeah. would go, nope. Not at all. Don't even know. Mm -hmm. This is some kind of voodoo. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen to me when I when yeah. I become part of it, but I refuse to become part yeah, of this like cult. Yeah, like I'm not falling for this. I'm going to be part of this cult. You're going to keep yeah. messing with them um, after you get the suggestion. I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But people are afraid to look like an idiot, but nothing. Still, I'll tell you what, in Tampa, like, there's a whole thing. Like, all the comics hate improv, not the club, the, the art form. And uh, the reason being... 
there's a whole lot of horrible improv in oh, Tampa. Yeah. Oh, well, of course. Because when it's not being done well, it sucks. It's, it's awful. It's awful, yeah. It's hard to watch. Well, stand-up's that way, too. Yeah, I mean, it's either good so or Exactly. It's, so yeah. I, can, I can empathize with that. I'm like, because, yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, but like, but I'm pretty sure this wasn't a group of people that had seen bad improv. <laughs> they didn't see no. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They were like, I've <laughs> seen better. Well I've seen improv, better like, than this down mm. at the Piggly Wiggly. Because the thing that we found was in touring, I would say, especially when Ken and I were a team, was that uh, the stand-up part of the show when we were doing that, we would just do maybe 20 minutes of improv at the end, two or three things, you know. And we found that we could kill, we just have wonderful sets. The improv always took it up a notch. Even when we felt like it wasn't that good, very lackluster, but just the idea that they knew that you had to be coming up with this off the top of your head. Oh, it's their favorite. It just, and, and was getting laughs. You know, it always elevated the evening. You well, know, that's why. Uh, that's my theory behind crowd work. I think that the reason why crowd work is so successful is because it's right there in front of them. Oh yeah, there's oh no yeah. It's 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 tactile. You can see it. You can see the bald guy that, that you're making fun of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This guy has a birthday on mm-hmm. weird night. You know what I mean? It's like it's right there in front of him. But bad crowd work is so much worse than a bomb. Oh, oh yeah, cool. I mean, like, crowd work the, when it goes oh, yeah. well is like, I mean, that's amazing. There's a guy. Do you know Jimmy? You can't Brogan? follow. Oh, very you well. can't Watch. follow great crowd work. It's Jimmy's awesome. been here. Jimmy's been you know in, I mean? in our room before. Just he came down here to do some corporate, yeah, I uh, yeah. private shows, Florida's funniest. and he dropped in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, I, I didn't know. I'd never seen him do stand up. And Bobby Collins was here. Yeah. And Bobby said, "Brogan's in town. He's going to come by." He said, "He's one of the greatest." And I'm a crowd work guy. Yeah. He said, "You're going to love Jimmy." And just a wonderful guy. It's amazing yeah. to watch, man. Yes. That guy that will do, he'll do, Jimmy Brogan will do crowd work for 30, 40 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Sneak in maybe like one Bragg or two guy. Uh, uh, Jim McHugh, you know, Ian who uh, yeah. runs the Boston yeah. comedy competition. Yeah, yeah. He's, He's fan- another one that's just fantastic. Awesome guy. at crowd work. You know, I don't do crowd work when Jim's here. Yeah. Because he's going to, he's, he's going to do about and 20 minutes of comedy and he's going to dive into that. And crowd. he's like, he's got like a, like Jim was confusing at first for me because he doesn't have the personality that you would think right. would be a good crowd work guy. He's very uh, low energy. I would say low, lower energy, very witty, and then his crowd work is, is top notch, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really good. Now, the fact it's that he's about seven foot tall. Yeah, he's scary. Very intimidating. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it, it's, it is. I tell you, Jimmy Brogan, uh, Jay, when he ended the Tonight Show, yeah. it just was a stroke of luck that the Performing Arts Hall here, Van Wazel, had him booked the next night. And I don't think any of that was planned. He was probably booked there oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, months and months and months before. They probably didn't even know that it was going to correlate to that date, yeah. but it did. Wow. And so I called Jay's agent, who I deal with anyway, with other acts. I go, hey, man. And usually when a when a when a you know a headliner or somebody that they know in the industry calls and says, "Hey, can you get me tickets to see a comic?" Right. Generally, yeah, they can get you tickets and they can get you backstage if it's somebody you want to really meet when you're when they know you're. A, and so uh, he was like, "Well, I'll check." And then he was he called me back and he was like, "Les, he goes, I'm gonna tell you." He goes, "I called his management. I left a message for Jay." couple other places i've heard nothing back so he goes you know you're just trying to get to the guy that everybody in the world's trying to get to right, right. now he's just got yeah. the most attention on him and yeah. this yeah. That, and the other leaving the tonight show right now so i was like okay and then i thought 
fuck, I'll call Brogan. You know? Yeah. That's one of yeah. his best buddies, I yeah. think. His number one, yeah. So I left through. a message for Jimmy, and Jimmy was like, yeah, man, no problem, because I called Jay. He said, come on back. <laughs> so we get over to Van Wazel, and literally there were three people at the backstage that could go in to see Jay. Uh, Natasha Legero's dad, me and Pam, and a guy that Jay went to college with. That's awesome. And nobody else got, and everybody yeah. was like, how the fuck did you get back there? You know, Jimmy fucking Brogan, yeah. God love him. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was very cool. He's such a good very dude, cool. too. I remember I did really a show. Nice. I, prom- I used to promote shows at the Irvine Improv just to get stage time right. Uh-huh. And uh, I met him at, I think, Comedy and Magic Club. Right. And I asked him. I felt bad asking because he's Jimmy Brogan. I go, hey, would you mind doing a show in Irvine? I could get you a couple hundred bucks. He's like, yeah, no problem, Mark. Showed wow. up. Killed it. Wow. Crushed the crowd. He's hung out afterwards. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, exactly. He's just a comic. He's a comic. Loves doing yeah. comedy. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he did his private gig and then came over here, did a guest set, farted around with us, you know, just a uh, super, super guy. And uh, and then fast forward, so we met Jay briefly and got a picture and just chatted a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, a year goes by, a year and a half, and they book him back again. So I see he's back again, so I called Brogan again. I said, hey, Jimmy, j- just – you have my number. I said, please give it to Jay. I don't ex- expect in a million years he's going to do this, but I have Tom Arnold here, and his show is going to be over by the time our late show starts. So if Jay feels like dropping by or whatever, you know, we, you know, come on over. Of course, it'd be great. Right. And I didn't expect in a million years, and of course he didn't. But uh, I get, I grab my phone the next day. Might have been two days later. And you know how you'll get those numbers yeah. that just are random? Yeah. Well, this one was, and every once in a while you get one that goes unknown. It just comes up unknown. You know, on my phone it will. And that, there was one that was unknown. And usually I just go through and just delete them. But the unknown had about, you know, a 30-second thing on it. And I was just out of curiosity, I'm going to listen to what it was. It was Leno. Huh. He's like, hey, hey, Les, how's it going, man? He's on, he goes, I just check and see what y'all doing over there. Da 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 da. Well, of course, I can't call him the fuck back because <laughs> right. his 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 number's blocked, right. you know. And I called Brogan. I said, tell Jay thanks a lot for calling. I said, I said I didn't answer it because it came up unknown. I said, who the fuck is more not unknown than Jay? Yeah. He can't be right. unknown. That's hilarious. It needs to come up. You know, <laughs> it should come up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know. Answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah, you know. know. I'm not gonna tell you who it is, but you know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> just answer. <That's> <laughs> just answer the phone. <laughs> That's what it should say. Yeah. Absolutely. That's funny. Oh god. I'm now I wonder what he probably like went through some kind of company to do that. To block his number like that? I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. It's don't Jay know. and Verizon. They both have it. That <laughs> may be it. That yeah. may be it. He bought I stock know. in Verizon. Yeah. Well. I know uh, one of my comics that's, was out out there for a while. And he worked at it's the Comedy Magic Club right in the yeah. Hermosa Beach. Yeah, Hermosa. Jay goes on Sundays. And that's what Jimmy told me. He goes, if you're ever out here, call me. He said, we're, we're there. It's if cool. Jay's in town. He said, we're there on Sunday. Come on over. And then one of my buddies, uh, who's a comic out there, he said, Mike Lacey came up to me, knowing that I, uh, something come up that I was coming to Sarasota. He goes, tell Les McCurdy to come out here sometime. And, you know, because we're, we're similar. It's him and his wife, 
and it's me and my wife. And yeah. there's, there's not many of those husband-wife combos out there, especially been doing it as long as we have. Right, right. So I hadn't made it yet, but it's on my bucket list to make it out there in the next year and, and go out there on a Sunday and, and, and love to meet Mike. I mean, he's one of those other guys that you just don't hear a discouraging word about. Wow. I mean, I've never heard a bad word about him or the club. Always they just treat, you know, people well, you know, great club. Yeah, that's one of my. I live about forty-five minutes from that club, and I was able to get in that rotation. That was, that was for me a big moment because that was one of the clubs that I used to go to to watch Jay on Sunday. And right. for me, even before doing stand-up, I saw that, and that I was like, "This is the mecca. This is the spot." Yeah. When you watched old stand-up, you recognize that stage, the front of it, even though they've repainted it, you know it, you know what it is. So yeah, that that place has some nostalgia for sure. sure. And I imagine they still do good business. Oh, they crush. They yeah. opened up a second room. Oh, did they? So now comics can get eight sets in a night. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. Is it where? Where is it located? It's so they built a whole back end. The, oh, the in next, the same location. Same location. Oh, they just. Wow. I think they probably went into the, like the parking or something. I don't know what it was before, but I mean it's a. I don't know. Probably seats, 80, 90. So it's not as big as the main right. room, but yeah. They, like they're what both happened packed. with the comedy cellar. Yeah. It got so big that they took over the Village Underground, yeah. which the was music, and now it's just all comedy, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. it just got so huge, you know. But it's like, you know, we were in New York, and we'll usually go by the cellar, and, and uh, you know, and, and if I'm going to go see comedy, that's usually where we'll go. Yeah. And usually Pam and I will go one night, and, I mean, they're fucking packed all the time, and shit, I called Lynn Coplets, and I was like, are you, are you playing? She goes, I'm doing brunch. Brunch? She goes, yeah, we got a Sunday fucking brunch. She Jesus. goes, it's packed. I said, I, I fucking got to see this, you know, eggs a and comedy. Sunday brunch. That's brunch. how you know your club's doing well when you yeah. have to open at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, I got thinking about it. It's like going, you know, when people come to L.A. and New York, especially those two markets, or Nashville, those three markets, you come to see a star. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when, you're a, when you're a tourist, you're going, you, you hope that you're going to see a star. Well, where's the most likely place in New York or L.A. to actually see a star that you can actually get access to? Comedy clubs. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The For famous sure. comedy clubs. You go to Comedy Cellar, you're probably going to see a celebrity there yeah. almost Maybe even every night. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Same with like the comedy store. It's just, yeah. They're always popping in. Absolutely. That absolutely. list is ridiculous. For like Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle. What oh, the of, fuck? Course. of course. Who's this guy? He has to follow those guys. Fuck that. Oh, I, know. <laughs> I, I did the comedy store on Sunset on uh, Saturday last week, just like yeah. upstairs in the belly room. And I was just hanging out downstairs watching all the comics pull up. I'm just like, it's mind-blowing. They're yeah. all there. Right. What am I going to do? Everybody. You know, who's everybody. The, you know the belly room? Yeah. The little yeah. side room? Yeah. yeah. It's, on, it's on, upstairs, right? Yeah, upstairs. Yeah. I heard Chappelle likes that room a lot. Like Maybe. that's yeah. He, he did like a he did a special there. Did he, uh, is that where it was? Like he, he has he had four specials that came out, and one of them was in the belly room. And that was like the more intimate special for oh, sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He kept on going. Y'all, y'all want to know why I left? Y- you want to know why I left? And then he wouldn't he wouldn't address he it. He would tell. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I'm like, come on, why'd you leave? <laughs> I have a. I remember I met Chappelle, so I quit. I didn't do stand-up for 10 years. I don't know if you know that. Well, yeah. Mike told me that, yeah. Yeah. that, that you you kind of you kind of went and had a career, 
and then got into comedy, which is probably the well, smartest. He was my thing first clue. You could do. When I was hanging out with him last time, he's like, "Let's go get something to eat," and I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." And I'm like, "McDonald's, Taco Bell, like maybe." He's like, "No, let's go to Madison's," and I was like, "Oh, uh, it's a little bit above my price range." <laughs> yeah, so I, mean, I got you. <laughs> I, I did stand up for like three years. I yeah. started when I was like 22, 23, and I loved it. Started getting yeah. moving up the ranks, getting in good clubs, toured with Tosh. He gave me stage time. Why? And then for some reason, I don't even know why, I just stopped. Yeah. I literally stopped for 10 years. And I yeah. say stop, like I was getting up once a month, but that's not doing stand-up. Right. Mm. No. And then my wife one day goes, I couldn't even watch stand-up on TV because I was just, it was like hard to see. And she goes, you got to do stand-up again. So I started doing it again. Yeah. And that, now I'm at it, what, two years, hitting it hard again. And dude, it's, it, I love and, it. And you what love was it. your business? Recruiting. Recruiting, tech recruiting, oh, yeah, for big companies, yeah, big companies, big gotcha. big corporations. So I did that, and yeah, so I did. I'm doing it at a weird angle, but a good do you angle. Still though. do that at all? A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I have like a flexible schedule where I can just oh, perfect. Oh, I can tell. You, yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm 40, and most people my age that have been doing stand up straight for 15 years are probably moved up to headliner status. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, I just want minutes behind a mic and I want to yeah. learn, you know? So yeah, technically it's like, I've been at it five years, six years. Yeah, sure. exactly. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. And you're the type, I mean, I'm watching your show. You're the type, you're the type that's just gonna, uh, you're, you're not going to have to force the headline issue. You'll, you'll get good enough. Right. You, you'll be good enough for a while in a middle slot. To where already people are going to be going, we should be closing him. Yeah, you know, or doing so, or doing that split week. I know one of the things we're looking at next year. We've got so many weekend celebrities already going into the first four months of the year that we're going, going. We're going to burn out our our Florida comics doing the Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. I may have to start looking at really strong feature acts or even headliners that fit the celebrities that'll work that can come in and headline the off nights and middle yeah. with the celebrities good idea. on the weekends you know what i mean to keep the show quality high and all that kind of stuff yeah. you know there's which, some, there's uh, some is a there. different it's almost like you're looking for that what we used to call the co-headliner you know right. acts that you know can do a really strong 40 for sure. Yeah. Like, they don't even question that. And you just bring in two of those guys yeah, and yeah. split the budget. And it's a little less than you would make as a headliner, but not a lot, you know. Cam, Cam Bertram just won Florida's Funniest. What's that? Yeah, I said Cam yeah. Bertram just won Florida's Funniest. Oh, I know. I'm yeah, glad just, for Cam. He yeah, he just filmed a dry bar yeah, special. No, that's great. Cam's a good dude. And uh, he might got be a one great of those. personality on stage, some good stuff. He's real young, but you Yeah, know. him and uh and J B both we you know, we, we uh JB's killing it right now. Yeah, J B I just saw him. Where I was, was here with him, but yeah, he lives that I was saw awesome. him uh, at a club the other night. That weeks. was like one of my best uh experiences so far especially in this room was i got to do i got to host for you and jb yeah so it was the first time and i was like i was like i can actually relate to these guys like this is awesome yeah. you know jb's like, a cool we were, guy we were yeah. all hanging out and jb's back hurt so he put the did, did you know about that he, he took this couch and put it on stage no. and he sat yeah, down second night he couldn't even walk he couldn't even walk wow. he sat down and did a stand-up hour and fucking murdered hurt his back just uh -huh. by sitting in that just just sitting in a chair like like you were at like you were smoking a cigar with him or something. Right, right, he right. He fucking killed. He was doing sit down, sit down, comedy. sit down, stand up. And he was he was doing great, like like almost better. It was like Morpheus up there. <laughs> He's yeah. a great guy. He's such a. I love when I I meet people that 
are bona fide. They're just hilarious, but then they're also really, really nice. Yeah. Yes. Very supportive. Absolutely. Too. That almost means more than the other. Like you, you can yeah. hang out with them. They're supportive. Yeah. Huge sports fan too. Yeah. yeah he loves his basketball. That guy yeah. can dunk, by the way. I, yeah. I heard he could. He throws down. Yeah, he's very good. Awesome. He definitely. He couldn't walk basketball. when he was here, but two weeks later he was dunking. Yeah. Well, wow. me, me and uh, me and Kevin had this ongoing theory that he faked it the whole time, just <laughs> just to see if he could get away with. Putting the fucking thing on stage, just and sitting down, just to see if he could do it. I really, sure. like, I, I wouldn't put it he past him. He couldn't move. No, he's I saw a, him in the in he's the a condo genius. and he could not move. Yeah, he's uh, a genius, but yeah. you know, no, he's great. He, uh, it was a, uh, he actually gave me some of the best advice. I remember I, I was like foolishly asking him, like, I showed him like one of my videos, and I was like, hey, like, what am I doing wrong here, sort of thing, and he was like. He goes, I like you, and that's why I'm telling you this. He's like, I'm not going to give you any advice until maybe two years in. Yeah. And I was like, why? How many years are you? I'm, I'm almost I've, – I've just hit my two-year mark. And he was like – because it would be unfair. He's like, you need to grow and naturally go in your own way before you start listening to other people's advice. Like, you just kind of have to fail, fail on your like, own. Well, I always like younger comics that come to me and you know, at your level. You know, been yeah. in their first year or two. And they start asking all these questions about their – you know – their voice and their character and all. I go, <laughs> oh man, yeah. you need to worry about one fucking thing. Yeah. Getting laughs. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of them. I don't give a shit. How, at this point, don't you worry how you do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if, if, Just do if, it. if you can unzip your pants and pull a puppet out of there or a, a handkerchief <laughs> and, and it works, yeah. fucking do it. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, and, and because they, they get ahead of themselves and it's yeah. like, nah, you just, just when, when, and it's like he's saying, once you got to a place to where you know you can walk on a stage and you Just can do here. thirty minutes, rock solid. Right, eighty percent of the time, eighty to ninety percent of the time, your shit's always working. Yeah, then you can start thinking about your angles. Yeah, and you yeah, yeah, things yeah. and that. Newer. Yeah, so now you figured out right. how to put put things together and get the laugh. You're ready to take on advice almost. You're ready to take on like Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it makes sense. Different you know? outside ideas almost. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise everybody wants fucking... shit to happen faster than it happens. Yeah, if you're a year in do. and you're like, how do I find my voice? It's like, no man, for how do you hold the microphone? How do you <laughs> Let's start there. Laughs per minute. La well, let's work on your time. Laughs per minute. Edits. And I always like the middle acts that come to me that are ready to headline. Oh you yeah. Know? And I go mm. Yeah, I feel like that's something people you might will be tell here. you. Not here. Well, yeah. you know what's the easiest thing for me? And I, I, I said, I said, I'll do this for you. I'm going to take the last ten minutes of your set, and then I'm going to take the first ten minutes of the headliner set, and I want you to hear the difference. And, oh, yeah. and you're getting laughs, but I want you to hear the difference in the volume of the laughter when that because it's it's different. Uh, and a lot of middle acts are in a little denial with that. They they don't want to hear it. Yeah. But the club owner can hear it. You know, it, it's yeah. distinctly different. It's just oh, I had that last moves night. everything up a notch. Last night, I'm like, I feel like that was a good set. You did have a and good set. And then Ron goes up there and crushes <laughs> for yeah. 40. I'm like, are there more people in there? <laughs> like, it was yeah. just like, let's just say it was wall to wall. There wasn't a yeah. person not laughing. And I'm like, wow, okay, he had a, he had a good set. What I did was just okay. That was like, a, like Rob Little. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I haven't seen somebody, like really crush a room like that in a long time like mm -hmm. where he was just everything was hitting and it was he was rolling into the next thing and rolling into the next oh. thing and it was like people are gasping for air like yeah. you can't mm -hmm. even pretend that he doesn't deserve to be up there you oh, know what yeah. i mean like he Absolutely. it was insane
Like, Absolutely. I think Joe Coy is the same way. Or like Daniel Tosh, when I used to watch him, he uh-huh. was like a big influence for yeah. me. And I remember watching Tosh, I'm like, God, this guy, he doesn't let the audience breathe. Right. And like you just said, the volume of laughter is night and day. Oh, absolutely. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. I you mean, you can hear it. It's every headliner we boisterous. bring in here, you you do not yeah. see a middle go up no. and have the equal. No. It's, no. You see, it's, that's just rare. Right. Rare, no. if ever. You know, very. Uh, Eric Myers, I mean, oh God. that guy. Yeah, I just watched him last fuck. week, and that it was one of those things where, like, he, he was me. consistently funny to the end of the show, but, like, somewhere around, like, halfway through, like, they were tired. Yeah. They'd Exhausted. laughed themselves out, and they were trying to laugh, but you could hear them, like, they were like, dude, we're done. Like, you're you can't do killing it. Give me. Give me a break, man. Give me a, let, me, let me bite some Take a food. pill, Eric. Yeah. Give me a break. Eric is just a He's a man. crazy yeah, person. And that he just comes from years and years and, and years of doing it. I'm always amazed at and how. And a mental disorder. I'm always, <laughs> but I'm, always am, I'm always amazed at how insecure he is. Like, yes. I, I don't know if he's playing around with it, but like, I remember when uh, whoever not, was middling for him, mm-hmm. like they went up and he's like, oh, God, he's fucking crushing. Like, what yeah. am I going to do? And I'm like, you're fine. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to be, be okay. Yeah, we did have a middle with him that was really good. I can't remember who it was. And he was nervous. Uh, he was nervous about it was a, falling. It was Bill. Ose, bull, bull. Oh, bull. Yeah, who's that? Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. But but, uh, uh, but Eric Myers. I mean, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, the, I've known a few. The fact that he gets that nervous, like almost like yeah, it's like it's empowering. Oh, I've known. <laughs> yeah, I've I've known several headliners coming up that one did not want to go to headliner. Wow. I mean, you had to tell them, I won't middle you anymore. I mean, wow. if you won't headline, I can't use you. Because because my headliners really truly do have trouble following you, you know. Like Mike it's, Rivera, it's, right? Was Mike Rivera one? was one yeah, of them. Yeah, Mike Rivera. And uh, used to used to really get ill before a show. I yeah. mean, have such stage fright that just get ill. And uh, and and I've known a few of those. That's crazy. That are that way. And there's some out there. Well, I mean, Mitch Hedberg. That yeah. was, you know, he couldn't even hard. That's that was part of his style of not looking at the audience and stuff. Or sunglasses. It was, just, it was just terrible stage fright, you yeah. know. Yeah, he kept his. I mean, I'm. I got the. I was lucky enough to see him perform once, and I was right up front, and I remember looking up. I'm like, his eyes are closed. He yeah. had those glasses on, and his eyes were shut. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I saw him with uh, who was the the other the uh, Stephen Stephen Lynch. Yes. Yeah, Stephen Lynch and Mitch Hedberg. I see him. He would. He. I don't know. Mitch was. He was Stephen so Wright. Up. Uh, Stephen Lynch. Lynch. Oh, yeah. he had like the Guitar act. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, yeah. very funny. Saw right. him and Mitch Hebert. Mitch was, he was so fucked up, man. He yeah. was like holding himself up between two bar stools. Yeah. 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 Still crushing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But crazy. just like. I know it's crazy when somebody's pile. that gifted. But they're and, so insecure. But yet they're so terrible. Well, I mean, the, uh, Barbara Streisand was one admitted. Yeah. Uh, you know, just not enjoying that. Yeah, like you'd think they would. Right, and uh, it's a lot of pressure. Well, I mean, and Adele, there's another diva singer that does just a nervous wreck. Yeah, going up on in front of people, and uh, it it's wild when you're that fucking gifted, you know, that you just don't. But you're you're you just don't something about you just doesn't believe it. Well, that's like Eddie Murphy. Did you did you watch him in? Uh Comedians in cars getting coffee. I did watch no, that. I didn't see There's that. There's a point in that where he, I had to rewind it and watch it again to make sure I heard it right. He's telling uh, Jerry that how nervous he was during Delirious and Raw and how he was inside yeah. so nervous up there. Right. But all he exudes is confidence. Like, mm-hmm. you're yeah. nervous? The dude in the red leather suit up there just owning it is nervous? 
yeah. inside he said he was just a wreck. Right. It's amazing though, like how like how I've and you know when you go into like a one night or a shitty room and you're like this is gonna suck and you don't get nervous because you're like this is gonna be awful and, and then it goes bad it goes terrible and then you go into the ones where you do get nervous and you feel like if any I, don't, I hope I don't trip like you're really like in your own head <laughs> and then you fucking have a great set and I think it's because you care like you you yeah. truly care yes and if you, you don't focus one guy told me a long time ago I forget what his name is because if, if you don't get that feeling he's like don't go up yeah he's like yeah. It's, it's just not gonna go up it's gonna go awful if you if you don't have that nervous feeling. Mm. That edge, you know. I don't get nervous anymore much. Yeah, but you're. I know you're. We're we're all talking about you're sitting here, and then like you just go right up there, like uh-huh. no, two two seconds in. But you know, you're the 40 exception. years. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, you know, a lot of thousands. Same of with shows. The, but I even see Ken. Like Ken, I know he doesn't get nervous, but like Ken's I see him in the crazy. back of the room, like stretching and stuff. Now Ken and, like, doing his thing. And see, I'm like Ken. My that was my old. Part. Now see Ken. When I got into theater at University of Memphis, mm. uh, you know, we were roommates. We'd known each other since we were kids, and uh, Ken never like ha- wanted anything to do with public speaking wow. or being on any kind of stage in any way, shape, or fucking form. <laughs> but among a small group, like if they're of friends, he was always the funniest. Yeah, yeah. Always, 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 by far, everybody would say he's the fucking funniest. Yeah. But he had to be in a comfortable, comfortable situation, and. Uh, he wouldn't get on stage ever, and then he. Uh, the first time I got him on stage, I was doing a DJ show to promote uh, progressive country back in the 70s, <laughs> and one of my buddies was closing his bar down. Artie Brown had this bar called High Cotton. Hell, Leonard Skinner used to play in there. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, in Memphis. And there, he was closing it down. It was the last night, and and so we were the first part of the show and then this other group that did a parody of 50s music which was real popular back then you know american graffiti shit and this that and the other they did the other thing and so i said look ken come with me we're just spinning records and raising hell with the crowd i said they're gonna give us they're gonna i said i'll give you 25 dollars of my money and they're going to give us a bottle of snops and as much <laughs> beer as we want to drink. Yeah, yeah. And I said, there'll be fucking chicks everywhere. <laughs> and and he was like, okay. I yeah. said, you just sit there and hand me. I'll tell you the next. Because we were actually spinning real records. Yeah, <laughs> real fucking right. records. Yeah. So I, I said, I'll tell you what to hand me. So we're sitting there. And from the back of the room, we'd been on stage for about 30, 40 minutes. It's maybe 9 o'clock in the evening. I look in the back room, and here comes this guy I know. He's at one, a Hellraiser, and a guy named Big Mike. Here comes Big Mike, butt naked, oh, totally fucking butt-ass naked, walking from the bathroom up, and in, and right behind him is his stripper, beautiful stripper girlfriend, totally nude. Wow. And they walk up, and Mike jumps on the stage and starts raising hell with the crowd. This is all I got to do. And the girl sits in Ken's lap. Well, Ken's turned around getting a record. So he just feels something hit his knee. Wait, a person. And he turns around, and here is this drop-dead gorgeous redhead with her big old tits right there. (laughs) She grabs him and da-da-da-da-da. And I went to Ken, I go, show business shit's cool. (laughs) It's cool, man. And, uh... So then I got him to do stand. I finally got him to do stand up with yeah. me uh, out in Denver when we were out there. 
uh, when we first tried it. We did it as a team, and he still was very, uh, but he's, you know, he's one of those, I told Ken, he wasn't getting on stage for a long time. Yeah. And Ken's one of those guys that, well, it was about a year or so ago, and he, I knew he hadn't been on stage in months. Yeah. And he, he walked in here, needed him to do a set for something, a middle or something. He walked in here, walked up on that stage, and just killed. Yeah. And just killed. You know? And not with, you know, not with any material that was just fucking mind-boggling or anything. Just good, solid, just yeah. a great entertainer. Yeah. Just walks up there for 20. He walked off that stage, and I go, you know, a lot of people, when they hadn't done comedy for a couple of weeks, right. are rusty. You ain't been on stage in months. Yeah. And you walk up there. Yeah. Like it, I said, you know something, man? You have a gift. Yeah. You have a gift. You've always had that. See, it's, in, it's inherent in yeah. the nature of who you are. Uh, I said, you just are. And I said, but you're not using it. He's general manager of a big web design company. And I said, you're, you do you do good at that. Right. Obviously, you, you're, yeah. you're great at that job. But that's not what... God that's not your gave gift. you. That, no. That's not your deal. You know what I mean? And sometimes your gift has nothing to do with how you make money. Yeah, true. You know, but it's a shame that you're not doing it. And after that, he really started yeah, I mean, getting back up and doing it a lot. And I was like, I really want you to, if, if I'm not hosting, you be the host. Yeah, you know? he's, he's fabulous but, uh, at it. But yeah, just, uh, yeah. It's just always a good interesting. It's just interesting to see him though. It's like a robot almost. Like he'll just go up there, uh-huh. and nothing, nothing phases him. Just goes in there. Even on those lackluster crowds, he still has the same exact energy. Oh the yeah, exact same energy. Yeah. Which I always try to do. It's hard. I always like. It's hard for me to give, give them more than they're giving Sinbad me. Sinbad taught us that. Yeah. Early, early on when we first worked with him and he was just starting to headline, and we going, you know, going out on Wednesday night and it'd be thirty people there. Yeah. And then on Friday, Saturday night, it's packed. And what we saw with Sinbad every time, same show. Yeah, same energy. Same show, same energy, same attitude. He did, he 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 was like, "Hey, you didn't you didn't know there was only going to be thirty people here right. tonight? You came to a comedy club." Yeah. He gave them, and I I've always said, and he taught us that never let the audience designate your energy level. Yeah. You're the pro. You're the yeah. one in charge of the. They just showed up. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> you didn't know about it. It's so interesting. You know? Yeah, that's it's hard worst, to do that. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of younger comics make is they'll go into like a bar show where there's 15, 20 people, and they just bring their energy way down. They also disrespect it. Like, yeah, like, and yeah, they call out. It's part of their act. Like, oh, you guys, this, this. I, I saw a comic one they time. They bail before they even yeah. try. You, why even go up there then? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, went, like, why, I don't know. People go off and be like, don't be mad. Don't be mad. Be mad at the people who aren't here. Like, these people are actually here. Exactly. Yeah, I hate that. I hate s- it at open mics, too. When people come to an like, open mic uh, talking their shit, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. There's yeah. two people here. Yeah. Tell your jokes to those two people the same exactly. way you tell them to a full I've room. been I've been yeah. in a strip club where there's ten people and that stripper still brought it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, twenty bucks. Yeah. I remember you were you were you were uh, hosting at Iberian one time and I I got there real early but everybody was a dick and they all like jumped in front of me and put their name down on the list so I couldn't even get on the, the top fifteen and I, I just put a bad taste in my mouth and I was like you know what I'm just whatever I mean y'all gonna be dicks about it whatever and then and then somebody dropped out and you came up and grabbed me out of nowhere and I. I went I'm down like, there, and there was up. like there was like eight people in there, and I still and I I wasn't prepared at all, and I was I was like crowd you were about work. to go home or something. Yeah, and I was doing like I was like fucking with the two people that are up front. I was I was asking them if they were like married or some shit like that. I'm fucking around, and then I went to this guy in the corner, 
And I'm like, he's fucking sleeping. I don't give a shit about this guy. And then this guy ended up being a comic. And he comes up on stage and starts yelling at me because he got mad that I called him sleepy or some shit. <laughs> and then he started that the same screaming night that guy, at me. When I went up on stage, like, I was trying to work on that bit, like, that I have about, like, like if comedy is like it's so much easier to just be a serial killer, like there's like a quicker way to get famous. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing. That was. I, I was it. working on that bit, and then the guy like got up and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna complain about comedy being hard and blah." blah. Yeah, this you, guy you, was you know, a you gotta prick. put up or shut up, right? And they went off and like talk shit about goes, me for like five straight minutes. It, he was and I'm a like, bitch. Thank you. He drove all the way from Pensacola. Yeah. I was like, you drove all the way from Pensacola to talk shit about the other comics at the open. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like you, when you're driving, yeah. you make an impression. This guy got mad at me. He called me a fat Bill Burr, and I'm like, thank you. That thank means you. a lot to me. He's got other that reasons. Being, He's got other reasons for being. No, he was mad. But my favorite party goes. He goes. <laughs> He goes, I'm, yeah, I'm sleepy. I've been here since 8.30. And I, and I look back at him. And he's on stage at this point, And I was like, I've been here since 7. I said, yeah. go fuck yourself. Like, I would, just so you know, I would call you a strong Bilber. <laughs> yeah. That's a strong Bilber, that. yeah. A meaty. That's what, you know what a I like? healthy Bilber. <laughs> I like about stand-up is no matter how famous you are, it comes down to funny, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I was at a, this was at the Ice House years ago, and Dom Herrera was closing. Yes. Yeah. And that guy is a master with a mic. Master. And I was featuring, and I was just learning from him, sitting in the back. And then Nick Cannon walks in the green room, and he goes, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a set after Dom." And they let him do it. And Dom came in the back and in the green room, and he goes, "Watch what's gonna happen." And I watched. Well, he and I went over there, and I watched. Crowd went nuts. Dom got off. Crowd goes crazy. They announced Nick Cannon's gonna do a quick spot, and everyone goes nuts. Oh, and this is right when he broke up with Mariah Carey, so it was oh, attention yeah. was on him. Two minutes in, Nick lost him completely. Yeah. And then Dom leans over and he goes, see that? I'm like, that's true, man. He, yeah. you, you can't go after that unless you're ready to bring it. Yeah. So I'm assuming Nick was just driving by and was like, hey, I'm going to go try and do a 15 to 30 sure. minute set. It's like what we talked about. Uh, well, you were on stage maybe, but we uh, uh, talking about when uh, Ron Feingold had seen Tommy Chong go up years and years ago and, and yeah. just and he wasn't ready. And he yeah. wasn't ready. And we saw the same thing when he first started going up. Uh, he wasn't ready. He thought that he could just talk about, you know, he's a big star and he could just his talk about. And he was funny, you know, but his experience, and it just, and then he went and got a team of writers. He didn't do that long and really started working it and, and, and put together a good, strong and show yeah. and, then, yeah. and then toured with it for a long time. We had met the club many times. He was great and, and, uh, and people loved him. But, yeah, no, it does. We saw that with Tommy. With a room full of people that loved him, I mean, yeah. just loved him, and you get about ten minutes. Yeah, that's of a good, it's probably like five when I saw it, but it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Uh, then then it's just like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. That was a learning experience for me because Dom, he's like, watch what's gonna happen. I'm like, no way, man. That's Nick Cannon. Everyone's yeah. talking about him right now. Yeah. That he kind of smirks and looked at me. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, bring it. But he's not a stand-up. Right, he's not exactly. Yeah. Actually, Dom, it's like, Dom's fantastic. Kind of like the same thing if if the if uh, uh, the uh, Rams were playing uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the Raiders and went and Nick Cannon showed up and right. said, "Can I can I go out and be a receiver?" Yeah, and yeah. they go, "Well, it is Nick Cannon. The Lips crowd will love it. For four playing minutes. receiver tonight, Nick, and the crowd will go, no Whoa. fucking way. We didn't know Nick Cannon." Yeah. <laughs> Play in the NFL. And he can't. Well, he can't. <laughs> Nick Cannon's leaving in an ambulance. <laughs> He's paralyzed now. Nick but Cannon is now. Paralyzed. It was funny. It was funny. <laughs> oh, 
oh, wiling out in the way stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah that's, oh, I know. that's interesting. Yeah, it's, you gotta be funny, you're right? You gotta actually be funny. You know what yeah. I'm trying to learn too and just on this show just now I had it. There's the guy in the front row, emotionless, the entire my entire set. And then at the end he was clapping the loudest. And I'm just like, this you just wow. hold it in? Is that yeah. what's going on with you? Was it a real I old fellas? So. Yeah, right yeah, there? yeah. So funny. When I did that, the guy, I get it, because I carry the golf club on stage, and every once in a while somebody would just yell out, what's up with the golf club? Right. And so what I do is, is I say, I, I play golf, and I love playing golf. And when you love something, you really, really love something, you should touch it. You should keep it close to you. <laughs> I said, and I just challenge the audience right now, if there's anything within arm's reach that you love, I want you to touch it right now. <laughs> and, of course, the stock joke is nobody touched their dick or right. whatever. But that guy's wife reached over to touch him, and he moved away from her. Oh, Damn. And, wow. I, and wow. I said Did you call it out? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, I said, wow. she went to touch him, and he flinched. Oh, yeah. my God. I said, you've been hitting him, ma'am? Have you been abusing that man? <laughs> yeah. Been abusing that man. Bro, he doesn't want to be here. That yeah. explains that he knew. That, my whole set, he's like, God, I'm getting a divorce tonight. Yeah, working huh. that. But how sad was that? Yeah, yeah. His wife reaches over to touch. That is me. sad. Like, Not here. That's weird to I'm see. Like, yeah, that is weird. <laughs> it is it's weird. That'll throw me off. Awful. Oh. I would do the next ten minutes about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh no. I I made him I made him pay a little bit for that. <laughs> Sweet woman reached out. Grandma reached out. Did he smile though? No. Oh man. No. He was like. Ugh. And, uh, That's gonna be a weird that car happened, ride uh, home. Yeah. That happened with uh, Chris Cope and Vinnie Ward. Remember the, mm-hmm. that guy that was sitting right up front? And he was like, not only was he not laughing, he was like, mean mugging, just mean mugging everybody. And they were like, kind of freaked out about it. I'm not it's, gonna lie. It's one of the oldest conversations in comedy, but it is. How many times we've seen acts, even seasoned headliners, one guy is sitting there like that, and you're and you're making another 150 people laugh. And you fixate on that one guy, yeah. and you abandon your show and go after that one guy, and and now you have fucked the 150 people who love you. Out you put them. a weird vibe on the audience, and that is that's your own fragile ass ego. Yeah, you lost yeah. them all. You know, doing that. You know, fuck that guy. Get fuck that guy. Shit. You know, yeah. the one, one of the. Oh, here he goes. One of the worst was years ago, I had a Comic-Con stage headliner and uh, a guy named Rick Kearns, uh, who I think he ended up, he got out of comedy, I think he sold his act to Ron White. But good, good solid act, good solid act. And Rick was kind of a rebel, kind of, you know, guy, you know, on stage and everything, a little bit rough, but you always like Rick. And, uh, And he got a, well, a guy came in and sat on the front row and the guy was probably 45-ish, yeah, you yeah. know, and dressed, like, impeccably, you know. Uh, and uh, he had three women with him that were Christy Brinkley drop-dead gorgeous. I mean, Jeez. they were so beautiful that you, from as a comment, you could not, it was really hard right. not to not look at them, to not... Yeah. Do, to say something, you know, it, they were just, they were distracting. And they weren't doing anything. Yeah, yeah. They were nice. They were sitting there and just enjoying just the existing. show. Just <laughs> yeah. existing. Right. But so beautiful, they were making everybody uncomfortable. And so Rick got up there. 
And they, it was actually throwing the the it threw the middle act show off a little bit. Wow. You know. And uh, that's another level of where pretty. he came off and went. I'm so sorry, Les. He goes, he goes. I've just never been that close to women that fucking beautiful. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they, they were unbelievable. And Rick got up there and decided he was going to, you know, make sure that he was he was the star of this room. And so he started fucking with them, yeah. right? And mostly the guy. How did you end up with these three? And you know, da 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 da. Well. For, the, for a few minutes, it was okay. They were laughing, everything, but he wouldn't let it go. He just kept Took on, over the show. kept on, and they yeah. didn't deserve it. They weren't doing anything. Yeah. yeah. He kept on, and it was getting laughs, but it was getting, and then it was getting uncomfortable laughs. Well, of course, eventually they got up and left, and of course the guy's pissed. He comes up to me, and he is fucking pissed, and I went, sir, I agree with you. You have every right to be pissed. That won't happen again. You know, I'll never be back here. Well, whether you do or not, that won't happen again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Rick walked back, and he was, and I knew Rick for a while, and he was like, and he goes, well, I'm kind of sorry, man. I shouldn't have done that. I go, yeah. no, you shouldn't have done that. And he goes, but you know what, Les? I got to be honest with you. I can't say that I would never do that again. I go, not here. Yeah. You won't do that here. Yeah. Exactly. Never again. Yeah. You never book. Are we all going <laughs> up at the end of his? Yeah. Oh. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Appreciate it. We'll wrap it up. All right, Buff Bill Bear. <laughs> thanks again for listening to the podcast. Please go to our website, McCurdy'sComedy.com, for all of our upcoming events and shows. We actually have a lot of great comics coming up, especially at the beginning of the new year. A lot of fucking celebrities coming in, guys, so definitely don't sleep on those tickets. And uh, also, if you liked Ron Feingold, please... Follow him at ronfeingold.com. All of his information's there. He sells a lot of really cool merchandise, actually, that even if you haven't seen his show, you still might enjoy, so check that out. If you liked Mark, please, please follow him at Mark Takamaya on Instagram. That's M-A-R-C underscore T-A-K-E m-i-y-a both these guys i had a great time talking to both these guys and uh matt carter was also on the podcast don't forget about him he was uh, our special guest we hope to get him in the club soon please check him out go to his facebook matt carter that's m-a-t-t-c-a-r-t-e-r he's based out of tampa he's hilarious go check him out thanks again guys we'll see you next time